Why does your mom have Facebook? I don't know. Who is she talking to? I just don't understand. Like your mom commenting on status is just so creepy. I guess she's talking to old folks. I don't understand because my mom and father have, I mean, they know what Facebook is, but they have no intention of being on Facebook. None at all. Oh, I was like, how you see his early? Because I think, I don't know if she knew when it came out, but it says I think it comes out December the 21st. How does she even know what an Aquaman is? My mom is not dumb, Ali. People know who Aquaman is. No, they don't. Let me, you want me to ask my mom what Aquaman is? American people who grew up in the 60s know who Aquaman is. They don't think much of him, but they know who he is. I saw an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today talking about why Warner Brothers make spend money to make an Aquaman movie. My Aquaman was whack. He was terrible. He looked like Fred from Scooby-Doo. Awful, awful, awful. And I'm like, whore? <laughs> you, your idea of Aquaman is literally 40 years old. He's not Superman. I don't understand. Defined by that period. Your mom should not know what an Aquaman is. She might know who Jason Momoa is. Well, she also watches Good Morning America. I'm sure that the people have been on Good Morning America. As a matter of fact, I'm damn certain of it. Aqua, um, Jason Momoa and um, Amber Heard have been on Good Morning America to promote this movie. I spoke to my friend last night. Um, who saw? Who also saw Aquaman with the, his Amazon Prime membership, and he said he wants Amber Heard to continue to shampoo with tomato sauce every morning. <laughs> Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a ludite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSNpodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> and, and I told him to log off. <laughs> For him. Because I'm just not ready. I'm not ready for that kind of these kinds of. Her hair look, actually, her hair actually looked good in the final movie. I liked the way it those, looked in the final movie. Those jokes are offensive. I was not ready for that tomato shampoo. It, I, I guess I guess it was somebody's some poor person's job to um to magic lasso every frame of the movie. <laughs> just red. <laughs> That is a deep ass red. That's 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 near blood. Can you imagine James one of your shoulder? Can y'all can y'all change the red a little bit? That's the kind of red. That's the kind of red that you'd see from an artery. <laughs>
James Wan went up to the people and was just like, this is the kind of red I want. Slashes his wrist. (laughs) 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 All the anime is like, wow, that guy takes real risks for his job. (laughs) I I want to know what the real budget on this picture was. It wasn't 160. I'll tell you to fuck that much. There's too much CGI on that. I want to know what the real budget was. That was the most expensive looking movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And that, yes, that includes fucking Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, because there's there's very little practical. Well, the practical effects were left for when they were on, the, the little Indiana Jones part. Which yeah, well, and the, the 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 fighting court, the choreography, the fight scenes, right? Yeah. But everything else, though, like let's let's take for example, let's compare for example. The opening shot of the I'm of recording the city, this by the way, so keep talking. The opening shot of the city of Wakanda, right? Yeah, versus which is the, all CGI, of course. Right, which and is, looks good. Versus the this is the opening shot of Atlantis. L- who spent more money? Because I'm pretty sure Aquaman <laughs> spent exactly. that spent way more money because man, I mean, first of all, the like. <laughs> it, it, you know, for for um for um for uh Black Panther, you just had to have a drone fly over um a countryside, right, with trees and everything, and then and a very bad shadow matted onto the countryside. Let's be honest, okay. the shadow was terrible. Oh, fine. I mean, okay. the, the movie is awesome. That shadow was terrible. I, I, every time the shadow appeared underneath the um ship, I was like. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. I am not an animator, nor do I deal with um with right. uh, three animators. Blurred it a little bit. I know it was like a sunny day, but a little blur would help. Oh, go ahead. Oh, so Brandon's ahead. Brandon's idea is it's too black. It's too black. It's too black. High blur vision. Yeah. So here's the deal, <laughs> right? So all you have to do is just do that, and then when it comes to the actual, you know, getting into the city, then you, you know, obviously you. You basically throw you throw your budget into creating the the city, right? Yeah, you but get Louis, that, that shots, awesome fanfare. But the city shots are only like pff, what? How many seconds? Fifteen seconds, maybe, maybe fifteen seconds. Twenty. I'll get twenty. Twenty. Fine. Twenty seconds, and then you're on the then you're on the the sort of the. Oh, you're, then the, you're on exterior sets that they've extended using CGI, like so, like. You know, it's where right. they had they build the part so that you're on, on the, and then the rest so you're is on green the, or blue screen. So, so you're on the Royal Airport or whatever you want to call that, the Royal Air Base, whatever, right? Air, the, 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 and the, then the landing pad. Right, the landing pad, the Royal Landing Pad. All right, and that's pretty much it. You're good, right? Yeah. And then you continue the movie. Um, not so much of uh, not not Atlantis. Mm-mm, no, James Wan's like <laughs> James Wan said, "You niggas will be drawing water for the next eighteen months. So get your wrists ready. <laughs> sleep, you'll sleep over there James, in that cot." <laughs> James Wan was like, "I just <laughs> he backed up a whole truck full of VHS and DVD copies of of Blue Planet from Atlantis." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like every single last one of y'all is going to study one deep sea creature <laughs> and you will learn how to animate it and you will also be throwing bioluminescence on it too <laughs> that is, is that what that's called the little glowy effect that's on the things bioluminescence yeah so all the because this is where we're going to assume that Atlantis is deep 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 in the ocean 
right? And yeah. so there's where no light penetrates. So, you know, so we, we already know from, from biology class and, you know, science that, you know, at these, at these, um, yeah. at these, at these depths, um, sea creatures um, have adapted to um, low light by, you know, creating their own light, by being bioluminescent, right? And so pretty much he just took that content and just made it everywhere. So all of the creatures, everything is bioluminescent. Everything that passes by you has glowing lights. And, and I mean, I will say this, though. It is very detailed, like extreme details, yeah. right? But... Again, can, can I be honest with you about Aquaman the movie? What I know that shit was quote unquote long. It didn't, but it didn't feel long. I could have used another half hour of movie. I could not put it. I to was three. Done. Put it to three. <laughs> by the time all the when uh, by the time everything you know wrapped up like a bow, I was like, okay, all right, all right, I'm cool. Like there was fanfare for at least twenty minutes, Brandon. <laughs> it was a big ass fight. Yeah, yeah, but there was fanfare for like 20 minutes. It was like, and everybody's happy. He's happy. They're happy. Oh, She's so, happy. Oh, so the, like, happy. The end? oh nigga, that shit was like yeah. three minutes. The, the wrap up no, was like three minutes. <laughs> uh, that went on forever. That went on oh, for dude, a while. You, you, in my just, head. you just hate people's happiness. They were through <laughs> Arthur's King. Um, she, uh, um, 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 Nicole Kimmett went back to, um, to Aquaman's daddy. They played happy as Ali thought he thought, thought, thought some bullshit was gonna happen because this. <laughs> I was, I did think some bullshit was gonna happen because we haven't seen Black Manta in a while. You know, last time, last time you thought, we saw you thought, you thought a harpoon was gonna go fly. Last time we saw Black Panther up to up until that part of the movie, Black he was yeah, uh, Black Manta. He was doing a he was doing a, a death drop all, yeah. um, off of a, a cliff in Sicily. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, like he needs to come back and, and then people said some- people said they didn't give him enough to do. Like I get why because he wasn't the primary villain, but they gave him plenty to do. Dude. Bitch them fights. Bitch. That was fine. But anyways, back to what I was saying about the opening sequence, right? So James Wan had a lot more to do because again, you couldn't do, you can't do practical stuff like that underwater. So you had to do everything. The whole, the, the, the difference here is, is Black Panther, you fly into the city over here, you dive, and then you have to go through what looks like an undersea version of I-285. <laughs> Get out! Slide off right now! <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is a whole highway with multiple, it was like a, a quadruple layer highway. Quinto Valcana is five lanes. And then, like, and then not only that, unlike Black Panther, where you literally just fly through, and I assume that the border protection um, has scanned your plane or whatever it is before it right. comes in. Because if they not, had cannons. Right. Cannons. <laughs> like, no, no Dude, listen, they had. They had Atlantis TSA checking every ship yeah. that comes through, right? And then, on top of that, then they had guards that were just there stationed at certain points. Riding killer, riding killer whales. Right? And then, then, <laughs> just in case your bitch ass thought that you, <laughs> with your raggedy, with your raggedy top, top, um, was it top shore land, land having two legged ass thought that you could get in here. <laughs> there are cannons, aqua jet cannons, right? That are stationed on the top of this wall <laughs> that you could never, I mean, it, it, no, it's crazy. No, that, that just couldn't. And of course, 
the moment she mentions that, right, you, you think to yourself, oh, foreshadowing. What, what do you call it? Chekhov's gun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Amber Heard is basically just like, so, so over here we have Chekhov's gun number one, and then Chekhov's gun number two, and then on top of that, on that wall, that's Chekhov's gun numbers three, four, five, and six. (laughs) Okay, Amber, we get it. (laughs) We get it. It's going to play a big part, right? But other than that, and then, so that, of course, is already what? That's what, like $1 million already? That wasn't... We haven't gotten into the city yet, Brandon. <laughs> okay. So then, then we get we actually get past the 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 entrance, right? And so they have to spend another couple of moments to show you just how vast everything is, right? All so the you giant get past- sea turtles and stuff. There. Yeah. The sea turtles that, that are basically pretty your Amazon Prime deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I said, they put these niggas to work. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to say how this looks like the San Diego Zoo on like on meth, but <laughs> like where, where, but, where did Nemo where did Nemo go in part two? Nemo and Dory of uh, the, the that aquarium they went to. She was trying to find some Gordon Weaver. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, what was that? that was the that was um I forgot what aquarium that was, but that. That was funny though. Yeah, I in, in that. California. Yeah, I forgot what what the name of it was, but but yeah, um, they really put these animals to work. And the detail again, James Wan, his vision, very detailed, right? Like yeah. everything you thought of, like every normal thing that you take for granted in a city, he's him and his creative team has thought about it to sort of plant it here. You you thought of okay, well. It's just water. Everywhere is basically a, a, um, a way to transport things from one place to the other. How are you going to keep order? Well, clearly you can see that there are um, water roads, um, right. is what I would call it, right? Everything is flowing in a stream. Amber Heard's um, ship, if you notice, is the only thing that's going off of a, off its own sort of route, right. right? She's dipping and weaving between things that I'm pretty sure she royalty. shouldn't be doing. Well, she's right. She's she right. What she wants. Right. Exactly. But everything else is is in a is in a flu. Uh, as Brandon pointed out, that reminds me really quickly, bitch. Her princess dress, nigga. I want. Yeah. <laughs> so Brandon, squeeze my big ass so, in the wall. <laughs> Brandon, I when I saw the bottom of the dress, I I just wanted to shout. <laughs> Ursula, Ursula Ward better <laughs> She did not Fuck you <laughs> So yeah Her her dress is basically um, it's, it's basically just um, it, the, the, the shoulder The rim is basically jellyfish Right yeah. And then the bottom it's just tent- it's, like, it's like a mixture of just like Jellyfish tentacles mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing And I was going to ask you because I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out where were her legs? I I feel like the bottom of it was like the tentacles hid the legs. Like the dress was long That's, enough to where it could hide it. Like you know, like, you know so how you have a dress why, where the skirt goes all the way to the flow, and then like the it reason, billows out more. The like reason why I asked, the reason why I was confused was because the dress it didn't seem that long. It actually oh, seemed. No, it, did. it went it went way to her feet. Yeah, but I couldn't see her feet, so I don't know because it's not just that. It's like if she was standing upright, that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for the shot where she stands upright so that I can see well, the. F- I don't think she was the- ever standing. 
yeah, she was always she was always floating forward when she had the dress yeah. on. So I was confused. I was like, can Amber Heard like can she can stand she in the outfit? No, can she, no, I was thinking to myself, is this is this part of some kind of magic that Brandon's gonna explain to me? Like maybe Amber Heard can turn her her legs into water or something, because there are no visible there are no visible, like, no, like, legs. As in to see, there's nothing. You know when you wear a dress, you can tell that oh. there's legs there because there's... It, there's oh, but she just, she's, 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 got, she's got, no, got no hips. That's all that is. There's things that are protruding <laughs> from the dresses, from the dress to tell you that there's knees and there's legs behind it, but there's nothing. So I'm like, is she half, is she half jellyfish? What's going on here? No, she's, so, just, she's just the, um, well, what we would call a mermaid, basically. But except for uh, they don't they don't have fins in in their world. Okay, fine. But anyways, yeah. So there's there are parts in the in the city that I think are extremely detailed. Also, you'll notice that um, just just random stuff. I'm going to point out, like Brandon pointed out, um, you have sea creatures that are pulling cargo. Uh-huh. Right. You have a monorail. Well, I wouldn't call them monorails because again, everything's water. Well, I'll call them trains, like underwater trains with cars. Yeah. Right, pulling them, all that's happening. Um, there were no shots of people just enjoying civilian life. It was more just to show you just how transportation. It's more of a transportation, yeah. Um, in the city sequence, as opposed to hey, there because remember, um, for example, um, the opening sequence of 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 um the Wakanda entrance. Yeah, you you saw you saw like street level Wakanda. That's the only street, thing we didn't yeah, get out of that. Yeah, you saw yeah, you saw people on the streets, people selling their wares and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but you don't really see that in um I Atlanta. imagine it was probably there, but you know. They probably chop. just cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> the point is we need we need to get into the city so that way you can, you know, get to that secret location where they have that discussion of the history of Atlantis. So right. you need to get from point A to point B. But very, very, very detailed, real detail. I mean, just crazy. Um, you know, I like how they had the um, the giant um, jellyfish that were used as like spotlights over things like, the, for example, the Coliseum. If you notice the Coliseum, there are no lights in the actual where they where the people are sitting, and the only lights you see are these giant and and I think. And there are jellyfish that are that big, by the way. There's these huge-ass lion mane jellyfish that are bioluminescent, and they're the yeah. ones that are essentially um, turned... They're basically like stadium lights. Nigga, I, I, was, I, I have to apologize really, for laughing so loud when they showed the um, the fight cards. Oh, yeah. Breed. <laughs> like this. Oh, that is rude! That is... <laughs> Stephanie Tanner, how rude! <laughs> <laughs> you drowned on everybody in the theater. You know that, right? I know because I, just, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I mean, that was so I mean, fucked up of them. What What is the name of um of his of his half brother? Orm. Yeah, it's it's it was basically Orm, king of Atlantis. He's awesome. He's amazing. And then you know, half breed. Half breed bitch. <laughs> I was just like, dang, dang. So you're just gonna do him like that though? But he has a name. He's <laughs> like, like, wow. And it yeah. was like no stats underneath it. Like every it's like um Orm has like all these stats, like wins, losses, and and so forth, you know. Yeah. 
I, he has and nothing. I, was, I was scared Volker was going to stop the fight and I was going to scream, Black Panther did it better. But they they, they saved themselves from that that fate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because like he uh, wanted to stop it, but, uh, but Mira basically got him a getaway car. <laughs> it was like, you idiot. We're supposed to get this, tried it first, and then challenge Orm. Well, you know, just, you know, sometimes things happen backwards. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So after Mira cut his balls off, um, literally... I mean, that's what she did, Brandon. I mean, I think every bro, every bro guy watching this probably hated Mira after that scene. Oh, yeah. Because that is the last thing uh, an extremely macho bro guy wants is I'm losing and then my girlfriend <laughs> comes and saves me. And then whisks me away. So I can just imagine like all the, the bro guys in the theaters. I want to see their face because I, I want to see them just be like, girls. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that that budget though. Oh my God. What a that's they crazy. Spent the money, they spent all the money. They should have gave Wonder Woman. The amount of money. I like so funny enough, my friend was asking me that question. He was like, So Ali, which one do you think looked better? And I was like, Are you kidding me? That's not even a question. Aquaman looks better. Wonder Woman had less things to CGI. They should have just they should just give give them the money to, to CGI those things better. They should have just done that. Just give give um what's your girl's name? Uh Patty Jenkins. Yeah, just, you should have just given given Patty Jenkins more money. She could have made she could have made the last oh wait, no, hang on. That Snyder, last, the third act. Snyder wasn't Snyder did the last part, right? The rumor is that he had more of a hands-on with the action part at the okay. end. Okay. Well, they should have given him more money to do the last part a little better because the last part was <laughs> mm, a rumor was, that was substantiated because like some indie director uh, complained when she was because she wanted to do Black Widow, but found out that they wouldn't they weren't really keen on letting her do the action parts that they were bringing in like a, a man to direct those parts and not tell anybody she said well well, <laughs> well anyways yeah so that was that was very apparent that I mean the, the, even though there was a, a climactic battle right towards the end with you know Orm versus you know Aquaman I still like the Orm the first Orm versus Aquaman better it just looked better to me. Like it was just a really, really, really kinetic um, fight. And they used the water so well to be able to propel themselves. I thought that was. Oh, well, yeah, really... the actual fight fight. Yeah, I get that. But like. Yeah, the, f- the, the first fight versus the, you know, the. And uh, now we have a rematch. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really, really, really well done. I was, I was waiting to see how, because, you know, obviously they had to make character models and everything to, you know, do certain things. But I was like, I, I'm not, I'm not really keen on, like, I I don't really see the big difference in terms of maybe CGI technology has gotten that good. But, you know, there were some movements where you can tell when something is like definitely computer generated because that's not how people move. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I thought these things were really well done in the fight. Yeah. like good job, you know. So yeah, um, I thought that was really cool. And also, I really liked the way they they did the 
the um to just make people look like they're underwater without actually being underwater where they would just animate their hair mm-hmm. right and the clothes that they were wearing i thought that was really nice that that was really cool um for some reason mira's father why did his face look cgi the entire time because it's uh what's his name Dolph lundgren he got botox like he looked they made, had to make him look slightly younger than he looks, because like he he's also appears in Creed too, and he looks like he looks old and, and rusty in Creed too. So I'm guessing he looks old and rusty. And he look, he kind of looks old in real life. They try to make him look younger, basically. Oh, so because I was just like, is he? It's real? not CGI, but it's 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 Kate doll makeup. Oh, okay. Because I was like. Why does he look so fake in the face? And then I was like, okay, maybe when he gets on um, above ground, like maybe when he comes, you know, above the surface, maybe. But then for the climactic um, Orm V Aquaman battle at the end, you know, when everyone's looking like they're on the, the ship uh-huh. looking, I was like, you, your face still looks fake. Botox. Mm-hmm. What is up. happening? It's very strange. So, Yeah. Because you see him in Creed, so you're like, you just you think he aged like 17 years overnight. <laughs> well, that's that's really unfortunate, man. That's yeah, that's really unfortunate. Oh well. Um, but yeah, the, they they really spent they released money. Would you say money well spent? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, can't nobody ever call Aquaman a bitch ever again. Um. Yeah. So I like the. He actually might be. Well, what do you kids call it? Op. <laughs> you kids. Wow. Okay. Um. I actually, I actually like um what what Brandon the um vocalized in the theater as. Yes, rings. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pretty. Good. I I think they was gonna do it because you know people's like oh he talks to fish ring, but they actually did the fucking rings. I thought that looked really good. Um, I didn't have a problem with that at all. Um, it looked really cool when he was a kid and he was talking to them in the in the um, Hi everybody. In the aquarium. What's your name? My name is Arthur. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. That, 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 looked, that looked like a really cool scene. Um, the shark was in the scene too long. It, it The more it stood there, the more fake it looked, the shark. Oh, the shark that that smashed the the glass uh, when Jab- the guys were, were leave yeah. Jabberjaw alone. Yeah, I was just like, the more it stands in the scene, the more fake it looks. Because because again, a shark doesn't do that. A shark doesn't a shark doesn't hover in place like a <laughs> like like it doesn't. You know that that's not what that those no. You have to make it. You have to make it circle or something because it just it looks weird just hovering there like as if. Like a dog waiting for you to toss a treat at it. It's weird. Right. What I did like though in that scene was how when they panned out and they showed all the fish in the tank yeah. were gravitating towards him. That looked like a really cool scene. So you can do that with smaller fish, but that giant ass about, shark. Keep talking about <laughs> toss the fish. They forget a shark is a fucking fish. I mean, yeah. But I mean, even before this movie, they were doing they were yeah, making right. strives on on you know on making him just look really badass. Like you had the comic books you said. Yeah. Right. With the and then hair. of course, and then, then you have injustice, the video game. Oh God. That you know, the, yeah. The injustice video game <laughs> makes him look really, 
really badass. So, you know, eh, whatever. Um, I didn't realize that his skin is... Um, oh, no, was, he's, he's not bulletproof. His skin is not bulletproof, like, but, like, everything underneath it is. So, like, you can shoot him, he'll bleed a little bit, but he won't be hurt. Uh, okay, because... That's how he can when, get tattoos. Because when... when uh, what's his name? Black Wendell, Manta. Wendell's Black Manta guards attacked him on the submarine in the beginning. And one of them tried to to basically run him through with one of those, one of like a spear or something. Yeah. It just broke yeah. on his chest. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Did you not know that Aquaman had some level of invulnerability? Like, Oscar, you looked at me when they fell out that plane and, and landed safely. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> um... Are you going to do some magic? Or are you just going to... Oh, my God. They just hit the ground. Oh, my God. Are they okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That, I, and I thought that's why... I thought that's why in the trailer, they cut away from that scene as they were falling. Because I was like, oh, maybe they cut away because something amazing is going to happen. It's going to catch their fall. But no, no, they just dropped to the fruit of the surface, like, like, like falling stones. And I was like, is he okay? Is she okay? Brandon, she just jumped out yeah. of a, a perfectly working plane. Yes, she did. First, by the way, no, 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 no. Let me back up a couple of seconds before. She took off the plane's door, Brandon. Okay? Mm-hmm. She took it off. She didn't open the door. She was like, that's a door. Here's how I open doors by taking off their hinge. <laughs> she said, where she said, where'd you get this boat? Are the boats <laughs> at the dock of the marina not for free? And he's like, no, no she's like, belongs. were they for public use? I was like, no, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that belonged to somebody. Oh. <laughs> But her her ignorance of of like um Your you know, surface like world land, culture land dwellers is is a when she when she bit into that she 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 bit into that rose that rose bouquet yeah I was like, <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> listen <laughs> listen when when Jason Momo was like you know what fuck it I'll eat it too <laughs> so you all just want to talk about the movie what right in front of me huh we, we well, hi kid we didn't see you come in. <laughs> yeah. I see Ken. I see Ken because I have the participants window open. I'm just like, whenever he wants to jump in, he'll do so. He hasn't seen the movie, Ollie. We got to be quiet now. (laughs) (laughs) Ken doesn't have Amazon Prime. I know Ken has Amazon Prime. Don't even, don't even play. I was waiting for somebody to invite me along. Oh, oh! Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why did you not? why did I not invite? I'm, I don't know. I should have invited everybody. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> don't worry. Okay. You can okay. get him. I you can get him. Third wheels. You can, um, Ken, you can get him back when you go see the advanced screening for Shazam. <laughs> All right. So. Kevin Hart posted um, a picture on Instagram of himself. and Was he at, was he at <laughs> Glad? No. It's just him on a balcony overlooking um, a st- uh, in Singapore. 
Um, it's some kind of a, I think it's maybe some kind of a comedy show or whatever. Anyways, um, the point of the point I'm bringing this up for is because The Rock commented on the picture and he said, "And next time, stand up when you take a pic like this." <laughs> Because, because you can't see because you can't see you can't see Kevin Hart's legs so you assume that he's sitting but Kevin Hart is 5 foot 2 so he's probably standing he's probably standing <laughs> and so The Rock commented that and it's being reblogged all over everyone's saying The Rock is so savage <laughs> why are you that's like what he does that's, that's when the black comes out Oh my god! Did you see- and then Kevin Hart responded to The Rock, and he said he put a bunch of laughing emojis, and he says, "Fuck you, man!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I guess. Um, oh. Did you see Zachary Levi's Instagram this past week? No, I don't follow Zachary Levi. He's been he's he's been <laughs> constipated, and wanted us to all know about it and ask for advice. Oh. Um. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, Zachary Levi. Um, if you should get, if, first of all, if you're if you're constipated, the first thing you ought to do is you need to keep that to your um, to yourself. <laughs> Social media. How about that? Apparently, prune juice did the trick after a couple of days. Dude, that's why I love prune and grape juice. They're so good, and they keep you regular. And they keep me regular, right? So, speaking of Zachary Levi, I knew there was a, a segue in there. Before Aquaman came on, I saw the theatrical version of tra- the trailer for Shazam. And they cut out all my favorite scenes. What? So, the trailer, tra- you know, the, the trailer that's online is three minutes long. And theatrical, theatrical okay. trailers can only run a maximum of two and a half minutes. So, they had to cut oh. it down. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was like, hmm? Okay, but they cut out the part where he where he smashes the wall when he's testing his strength. They cut out him doing the um the floss dance. Um, they cut out him. They cut out um some of the shots of the wizard. They did like some like overlap audio and stuff to try to compress it down. I was like, I don't like this version. <laughs> it's not bad, but I I I I like I want to see like the whole thing. You will like it. <laughs> but I hadn't seen it on a big screen yet. So I was glad for that. I do want to... Yeah, I'm interested it. to see what the lightning bolt's going to look like in the fi- in the next trailer because they they were going to put like the effect on it with the, like the glowy stuff in it. So people were complaining it looks like an LED light. Like, yeah, they, they used to film it. That footage is all basically wet footage when they first... They, just had barely got done filming with like like three or four special effects they did right quick so they could show it at Comic-Con. None of that shit was like ready. But they wanted to show a trailer instead of showing a making of, they decided. Hmm. Um, the ne- well. But I'm interested to see what the next trailer is going to look like. Because that one's up next. They showed the trailer for that and for the Lego movie part two. Which I think is a given to go see. Or hopefully it's a given to go see. 
I don't know how I feel about uh, what happened. Lego Movie Part Two. That that trailer for Lego Movie Part Two is too entertaining. It is so cute and entertaining. Yeah, just just the very starting where she was like, "In the beginning, everything was awesome, and now, and now it is not. Everything is bleak." <laughs> <laughs> And then Emma comes in, hey, Lucy, I brought you your coffee. I was like, oh, my God. He's so... <laughs> I, I, I couldn't handle him in the first movie. And I just know I'm just going to be like, bruh, you are so jovial and upbeat and cheaper because everything just turned into to Mad Max Fury Road, basically. Right. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Tiffany so, and I, Haddish. And I, um, I don't know how I feel about Tiffany Haddish as a voice actress, but we'll see. I mean, I feel like she came out know. flat in the trailer. Well, I mean, the moment I didn't even need to know, I didn't even need to read the cast. I knew that was Tiffany. The, the, her voice is that she's basically just plain, you know, just right. she's not putting, not throwing a voice. She's using her actual voice. She's not affecting anything. It's definitely <laughs> Tiffany Haddish playing right. um, Queen, whatever I wanna be. Lord. <laughs> I'm curious to, I'm gonna. Um, go watch it um, for the other reason, which is I always I love how they tied in um, the real world with the first Lego movie of like the little kid playing with his Legos because I want to see what happens next because this is whatever happens in the movie in the animated stuff is clearly just a metaphor for what's happening in the in their I guess their toy bedroom or, or their toy area their play area yeah world so I want to see because it's cl- clearly the sisters. The sisters' toys are taking over. Right. The brothers' toys seems to be happening in the sister yeah, system. Yeah, sister system. Yeah. Lord Jesus. Um, and then Aquaman came on <laughs> with some barnacled um, WB and DC logos. Yeah. When it came on, it's it looks all bubbly. Yeah. And stuff. That was, that was cool. That was and we cool. get like the opening, like which is sort of kind of done like a fairy tale on purpose. The whole idea of that, you know, Queen Atlanta watches the shore yeah, at Tom Curry's lighthouse because they're gonna yeah, they're gonna with, go with, um, they're gonna go with, full dick into this um into like this this weird Atlantis shit <laughs> very early on. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you did it any other way, it'll probably come off like, dude, this movie's taking itself way too seriously. Right. It's best to it's best to just be like, hey, you know what? It's it's the story's fantastical anyway. Just just lean hard into it. Right. So just have Jason Moore do a little voiceover and there yeah. you go. My mother, my mother was a queen. My father was a lighthouse keeper. But yeah. And a POC. And, and a and a POC. And a, and he was brown. <laughs> there you go. Oh uh, and um and and my mom could fight a lot. She fucked niggas oh, up. Boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Can I say nigga? Boy. <laughs> Listen, Alrighty. I was like, oh, we are getting started. Aren't we? <laughs> and so because like, you know, the whole idea was that she had run away from an arranged marriage. And so she ran to um the Tom Curry. They got they got married. Did they I don't think they got married. They just they just shacked up. Yeah, I think they just shacked up. Yeah. They just shacked up. They had Arthur, who they named after both a hurricane and after King Arthur in the in the um the Knights of the Round Table. Yep. And 
had the baby and she had to go back to the sea because they're coming to get her ass. So really quickly, the history of Aquaman as a brief sort of kind of a brief summary. Um, Aquaman first appeared in more, more fun comics in 1941. Let me go and get the actual issue number. Um, the origin story they use for this comic is his story from origin story from the 50s that they've brought back to the comics with the new 52 reboot. Because this is like the traditional Aquaman origin, the whole idea of his this dad being a being a mortal, his mom being from Atlanta, the Queen of Atlantis, and him being like this, you know, like half human, half Atlantean um blend that sort of like represented the boat, like the best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, Aquaman in his original version in the 1940s, it was more for more fun comics number 73 in November of 41, where he first appeared. And basically, like his powers were that he could talk to fish in their own language. Cause I think people thought fish could talk back then. And he he could swim fast and he had some a degree of super strength, basically. In the 1950s, they revamped the character for the Silver Age of Comics, which gave us what we consider Earth-1 Aquaman, and Earth-2 Aquaman was what the 1940s version was delegated to. Earth-1 Aquaman had the power to talk to fish and everything, some degree of super strength and stuff, and the ability to swim fast, but the weakness to where he could only be away from water for an hour or he would die. And that's where the joke started coming in. Like, the whole idea, like, they thought that people used to think that and the whole idea of a green lantern not be able to affect anything that was yellow were stupid uh, weaknesses to have. Which, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That was their idea of how they could, like, you know, it's like the whole idea of giving Superman kryptonite so that he's not omnipotent and has something that he can fight against. They decided that Aquaman's kryptonite was going to be dryness. Or not even dryness, like a lack of water for an hour. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. But also in the in the 50s and 60s is when they gave him his um, Aquaman family, basically. Which included his wife, Mira, who came from another dimension in the original comics. Like a water-based alternate dimension. And... If you read the old Aquaman comics, they use they use her like the damsel in distress. And I, you know, it was the sixties. That's, that's what they did, but I didn't like that shit at all. It was a whole uh, lot. Look at you, all progressive. It was a whole lot of help me, Arthur. Save me, Arthur. Please, Arthur. I'm in trouble. I'm in I need help. Sorry, Arthur, but your princess is, <laughs> princess is in another castle. Oh, my goodness. Um, they also introduced Aqualad, who was a boy named Gar- Garth, from, uh, who grew up in a, 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 like an outboard Atlantean colony. It had been like abandoned by his family. It became Aquaman's ward. So you have Garth, Aqualad, and Garth Beast Boy? I believe, I mean, double check, make sure his name is actually Garth. Or might be, I might be taking that. But I think it is. Hold on. Garfed, yes. <laughs> Good job, well, DC. Well, he's Garfed. Um, Beast Boy is Garfield. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Sure. Fine. <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> Fine. I'm sure I'm sure the difference is just startling. <laughs> now that you've said that. <laughs> like it's just it's just kinda like Does, doesn't, like, doesn't Aqualad appear on Young Justice as a Tempest, I guess he would be by that point? Mm, Aqualad on in Young Justice is no black. And he is what's that? What's um, this? Um, Jackson Hyde. No, it's not. It's um, oh, it's a different name on there. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different name. Um, uh, shoot, I don't know why I'm blanking on on it. It's very. It should have been very easy. Anyways, but it's not a. It's not the same Aqualad from Young Justice. Um, I'm looking him up right now. There you go. Yeah, so the Aqualad on Young Justice is Calderam. Ah. Or Calder, which is what everyone calls him. But yeah, Yeah, but his real name is Jackson High because Black Manta is his daddy. Sorry. His real name is Jackson High because Black Manta is his daddy. Uh, Notable alias is Jackson Hyde. It's just that they never call him Jackson right. Hyde in the in the show. Yeah. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they're trying to redo him in the show. Like maybe they're trying. Oh, to no, redo no, him. he he was created for the show. Apparently, they didn't brought into the comics. Young. Yes. Oh, so there was never. So before Young Justice, there was never a an Aqua Lad. A black one, no. Aqua Lad was. Oh, was never... Aqua Lad yeah, okay, was cool. a white kid right. named Garth. Okay, cool. All right, I understand. Yeah, well, I don't know why in the in the show they don't they don't ever call him Jackson Hyde. They refer to him with his, I guess, his Atlantean name. Right. The, is so. is Black Manta still his father on the show? Yes, okay. that's correct. Um, and it, you also had Aqua Girl back in the fifties. When yeah, the fifties, late fifties, early sixties. Um, who's um who was um? Yesterday you had a couple of them. Um, the most long, the most best known was um Tula. Who I think also appears on Young Justice, apparently, according to this as well. Yes, she's the love interest of Calderon on yeah. Young Justice. In the old comics, she was the love interest of Aqualad, like Garth Aqualad. Um, and so they sort of kind of continued along in that vein until the nineteen, the mid eighties. Um, at some point, Aqu- Aquaman and Mira got married and had Arthur Junior, who they nicknamed Aqua Baby. But in the late, in the mid fifties, in the mid eighties, Aquaman became the leader of the Justice League of America because everybody else quit because they had too much shit to do. Mm-hmm. So it was Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, and um, Zatanna, and the elongated man Ralph Dibney, and they recruited a couple of characters who you might recognize to be the new, the rest of the new Justice League: um, Citizen Steel, Gypsy. Vixen and Vibe. Do those names sound familiar? Uh, yes. Yes. So when they do Crisis on Infinite Earths next year, they can have a Justice League because they have all those characters on that program. <laughs> also, Aqualad, the Garth that you mentioned, by the way, uh-huh. I I just looked it up. Um, by the way, Garth does show up in Young Justice. Okay. I imagine he would. Yeah. They had all the rest of like the um, because like 
all the rest of them, uh, the rest of the ones who are older who used to be teenagers on that show too. Yeah, because and, and it just hit me now. Um, you remember you said that um, in the comics, um, you said that Garth was the original Aqualad. Yeah, and um, who was the who was the um, love interest for Garth? Tula, the original if, Tula. If he did have a love interest, the original Tula was yeah, his love in interest. In the show, it's yeah. So in the show, it's almost the same way. It's a it's a triangle oh, okay. with with Garth eventually um, eventually um, being the being the person who Tula chooses. Oh, ooh. Shade. Yeah. Spoilers for Young Justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in the late 80s, they started trying to make Aquaman, quote unquote, more hardcore. Um, more bro, more hardcore, yeah. Oh, no, not the bro part yet. They tried to make the character, they tried to first, they tried to bring in like more like magic shit. They gave him a blue costume. So he looked more like he belonged underwater, apparently. Um, they gave him a new origin where um, he was full Atlantean. His mom was still Queen Atlanta. His dad was um, was a w- wizard named Atlan. But he was left on the surface world because he had blonde hair, which was seen to be um, superstition. And so his real name was Orin. But his father, like his father, the one the man who raised him in the lighthouse was named Arthur Curry, who named Orin Arthur Curry after him. And so like this was like the revamped origin story they were doing here. Um, I'm trying to find at some point, Aqua Baby was killed, I think, by Black Manta. There's an Aqua Baby. Yeah, um, Mira and Aquaman had a baby. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sex works apparently <laughs> for them for those um, beings. Even underwater. Even under the water. Yes, here it is. I I knew I was I'll go find it. Um, yeah, Black Manta kills um, Arthur Junior. And Black Manta was introduced in the sixties, but it wasn't until the seventies when they revealed that Black Manta actually was black. And, and like sort of kind okay. of in the 70s, like the idea was that he was trying to find a safe haven for black people to be away from white folks and their bullshit. So him and a bunch of brothers oh, okay. formed a colony where they were going to adapt to living life underwater. You know, basically living not in Atlantis, but near Atlantis. And so they were at loggerheads against Aquaman because they were basically trespassing on his territory as king of Atlantis. And so, like, him and Aquaman were mortal enemies, and, you know, to the point where he killed Aquaman's son, which drove Mira crazy. And, and basically, Mira had, was sent back to her own dimension. Okay. And so, over the next 10 years, um, you had Peter David come in and try to like, make Aquaman. This is when the bro shit came in. Aquaman went into like um, um, soaking off in the ocean and grew long hair and a beard. And then came back and he was um, fighting this one bad guy named, what was the guy, bad guy's name? Uh, give me a second to find it because it's important I get that name because of the bullshit that happened. Char. Cherubitis, Cherubitis, I guess is how you pronounce that, um, who 
use Aquaman, who found a way to tap into Aquaman's power to control marine life and had some piranhas eat his hand, his um right hand off. Uh, was it a left, right? It was a left hand. It was right hand. We, 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 we check, make sure which hand it was. Hold on a second. Yes, right hand. Off. Gone. Um, so Aquaman put, a, put a, um, a hook on it. And then the hook became a harpoon. What happened? He made it work. Yeah. And that's the version that you probably saw in... Um, the Justice League cartoons from like the early 2000s. Um, long-haired Aquaman with the beard and the hook. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of people, a lot of my parents who grew up with Aquaman, uh, super friends, when he um, couldn't do shit but ride on um, dolphins and seahorses. Uh, when they saw that Aquaman, was like, whoa, <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> The Aquaman on Young Justice, um, he has both hands. Right. Eventually, he got like a magic water hand from like the Lady of the Lake, who's like, you know, like, like the mythical being. And went through this whole thing where there was a point where he... Uh, just like the, all these like crazy stories where there's one point where they sank half a San, half a San Diego underwater. And he had to help the people of San Diego adapt to living life underwater. Um, he was okay. He was always bad. Like like they had instantly become like water beings. Like there was some kind of spell that was done by Ocean Master, who was who was always his half brother. And so some versions he was his human half brother. Some versions he was his Atlantean half brother. But basically, it was always like a like um a half brother thing where they were at loggerheads with each other, like sibling rivalry, like taken to a thousand. So I have a question about that. So, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll obviously be spoiling the movie eventually. Yeah. But question. So when Atlantis was above water, were the Atlanteans able to breathe underwater already? No. Like, when it, so, when it sank, when um, it, the original king used the power to try mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody could survive underwater. And then went, set himself into self, self-imposed exile like in the, like in the movie. Okay. Uh, All right. Where was it? So this this is like the two thousands, basically. At some point, Aquaman ends up um, dying in battle, and basically, Mira and um, and Garf, you know, have to bury him. But he comes back to life during the um, the crossover that's called Blackest Night, where. Um, like dead corpses of dead DC superheroes come back as zombies thanks to the power of the Black Lanterns. Basically like, um, okay, I think his name was Black Mask. Uh, he's a black, like the head of the Black Lanterns. And he sends out Black Lantern rings to dead people. And, and re- basically reanimating them as, as zombies. One of them is Aquaman. All right. But at the end of the story, um, some of the Black Lanterns become White Lanterns instead, which basically means that they are resurrected in full. Except for Aquaman has some power, trouble with his powers. He finds that when he calls on fish to do shit for him now, or sea creatures, only dead ones respond. 
So when he wants a shark to attack somebody, only a, like a skeleton dead zombie shark comes out of the water. I remember reading that comic like, oh, well, gosh, Aquaman, that's not going to work, is it? Eventually, they get all that shit straight, and he's fine again. And then they did the New 52 reboot, where Jeff Johns threw out all the shit about Orin and his dad being a wizard and went back to the basic original version of the 50s, where Aquaman was half human, half Atlantean, but took out the whole idea that he, he couldn't survive on land for more than an hour. But he took the time to make fun of it, though. It's like Aquaman number one that came out in 2011. It shows all of Aquaman's abilities in the first issue, but it also shows people making fun of him. Like the um, like there's like a, some bad guys getting away, and Aquaman stops them, you know, using his super strength and his trident. And the um <laughs> the uh, I think it was like the uh, the SWAT team is like, oh no, Aquaman beat us and captured the villains for us. How am I gonna how am I how are we ever gonna live this up, guys? And they could got the car to like, well, gee, thanks, Aquaman. For saving us. Are you okay? You need a glass of water or anything? <laughs> wow. What are you doing on land? I had a broken your jaw. <laughs> and he go he goes to that diner you see in the movie to get some food. Because in this version, his father is dead. But when his father was alive, he used to always they used to always come to that diner. And so he goes in there to order some food. And this dude who has a blog apparently comes in and he's like, well, gee, Aquaman, uh, can I interview you while you're eating, while you're waiting for your food? And he's like, actually, I, well, so first question, how does it feel to be nobody's favorite superhero? Wow. <laughs> what are you doing? What did you, uh, what were you doing today? Um, you know, just stuff. Aquaman stuff? Well, I guess you could say that. You know, well, like riding seahorses and talking to fish. <laughs> wow. Basically, they basically they, mean to a villain. Yeah, basically they clown the fuck out of him. Like nobody on earth likes him. The people in Atlantis think he's a traitor and a half-breed. So even though he's like the rightful king of Atlantis, he decides he doesn't want to be king anymore. He wants to try to live his life on the surface, him and Mira together. There's a very, very good issue. Number six, issue number six of the new Aquaman is basically about Mira trying to adapt to living in like the regular world, buying dog food and stuff at the grocery store and things like that. It's literally, no pun intended, a good fish out of water story. But yeah, with Jeff John sort of kind of leading the charge, the, and Ivan Ray is on the artwork, the new Aquaman basically became very popular. Because people realize he wasn't a bitch who just rode seahorses. And like they did some spinoff stuff with him and his own um, group called The Others, Aquaman and The Others. Um, they've had Aquaman in continuous print since 2011 for like the first time in a long time. The stories have been good, basically. Mira just got her own miniseries of six issues that just ended, like I think a week ago. And when they um, announced they were making, um, they've been trying to make an Aquaman standalone movie since 2004. It had been a while when they decided they were going to make uh, a DC connected universe. That's when they got uh, Lisa Bonet's husband to play Aquaman. <laughs> and well, 
the first couple of appearances had mixed results, as you might know. Between Jason Momoa holding his breath underwater in, his, in BVS and Amber Heard holding hers oh, underwater in Justice League, the movie. <laughs> and open up that, that water bubble. Ali, the water bubble. The, the bubble under the mm, ocean so I they mean, can speak. <laughs> well, they had that too in this movie. No, they didn't. So, yes, they did. They had an air pocket underwater. They didn't need it to speak, though. They could air speak. Pocket. They could speak in the water. Actually, funnily enough, funnily enough, in um, in Justice League, the movie, uh-huh. you didn't see any speaking underwater. That's what I was saying. They could. They didn't speak no, underwater. Listen to what I'm. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay, I'm saying. There was no evidence in Justice League to the fact that they couldn't speak underwater unless there was a water bubble. Did anybody in uh, in Justice League actually say, I need to make a water bubble to speak? It was implied when she made the water bubble. Too bad. Because you see, this movie kind of cancels that out if you think about it. Yeah, it, it does it on purpose. Because... Yeah, because technically speaking, if if you had, if there were enough scenes in um, underwater in Justice League where every time somebody spoke, they were always in a water bubble. I understand, but you just saw one instance of. If in fact, now that this movie has come out, you could pretty much say that this what you saw in um, in Justice League is just Amber Heard showing off. <laughs> I was gonna say it's, a, Amber it's an aberration, but go on. It's just, it's Mira showing off that she didn't have to do that, but she just did anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't clown that movie for that anymore. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You have to use another joke. Sure, Jay. <laughs> yeah, they took care of that already. Right. So, Aquaman was the first movie that they made after they got rid of Zack Snyder entirely. Never to return again. Never to return again. It was the first one that Jeff Jones was supposed to be the head of until they fired his ass and got Walter Hamada to be the head of um, production of DC movies instead. So it was the first movie that Walter Hamada was the head of. And so I think it turned out fine. I do think that they sort of kind of were hamstrung by the whole Aquaman's already appeared in Justice League thing. Because they had to go with the whole thing of like, oh, I'm 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 so broy, you know. I go and get a drink. I'm missing happy hour and everything and stuff, you know. But once um, they got away from that, the movie got better. But um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the um the opening, and then we talked. We think we talked about it on the non spoiler review already. You know, like you know, so Queen Queen Atlanta washes ashore at Tom Curry's lighthouse. They fall in love, have a son, and then the, the stormtroopers come to get her ass. <laughs> they bring her back to marry the, the king she's supposed to be marrying. I was like, do we have Atlantean stormtroopers who have cannons that convert water to lasers? To pure energy? Yes. Yeah. Come on, hi- come on, they, hydrolysis. <laughs> they, their armor... Their armor makes me think at first that they're wearing PVC pipes. 
but they're not. <laughs> imagine, imagine cleaning, imagine cleaning that armor every day. Yeah, because it's pure white. It's pure white. It's <laughs> like it's it's white, and I know it's obviously it's it's definitely armor, but um, the armor looks it looks brittle. It looks like I can just smash it because it it looks like plastic. It looks like the kind of stuff you'd make toys out of. Right, but it's not brittle at all. Yeah, but it's not brittle at all, and this is probably going to make making toys easy right. for this franchise. But yeah, but At- Atlanta handles all them all them niggas one by one. She's like, I'm not playing with y'all. I'm happy. I'm up here. I'm watching Oprah every day. It's fun. Yeah. So they have fish for me to eat um, in the fish for the fish tank. I've had so tea Nicole, for the first time. No, no, Nicole Kidman's like they've been starving me for 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 three whole months. I'm gonna get this scene right. <laughs> I ain't had no she bread. Is lim- <laughs> she is limber, okay? <laughs> I was like, if y'all, if y'all better be careful with Nicole Kidman because she wants to be in other movies. <laughs> so please be careful. I see y'all swinging her about <laughs> like, like a marionette. <laughs> right. So, she, so she decides that, you know, they're, they're going to come back again for me. And I can't have them attacking my 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 love and my child. So she decides to return to the sea and marry that and marry her husband that she's supposed to be marrying. And so she leaves Arthur alone. And we learn through flashbacks that kind of happen out of out of a sequence, which you know causes us to have to do a little bit of thinking work to put together the flow of events. I actually I didn't like it at first, but I like it now the more I think about it because it, it makes the movie not have to be like. 30 minutes before the, the plot actually starts. But basically, she sends back Volko, her um, vizier, in secret over the years to train Arthur and teach him about his Atlantean abilities so that he's not just left out in the dark. All right. Um, so here's what I thought was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, apparently it was known that that Arthur was a thing. Yeah, like, they did. They, they knew that they knew she had a baby, so they banished her to um, the kingdom of the trench. I thought they were going to come on land and kill the father and the baby eventually, because because they seem to because the other Atlanteans um, seem to treat this as an abomination of their species. Yes, like you you don't do that. So I thought after they did away with her, I thought they were going to kill the father and the baby. I thought that was the, I thought that was a natural progression because I was like, no, if no, if Nicole Kidman's character had said, "Oh, nobody knew," like they just knew that she was shacking up with this guy, but they didn't know they actually had a baby. I think they, I right? think, I think, they, I think they suspected. I think the idea was that they suspected. It was like a rumor, a strong rumor. Well, yeah, well, it it couldn't be because by the time Arthur shows up, King Orm is just like, I knew you were a thing. So you listen to his dialogue. He said. I had always heard rumors that I had a bas- that my mother had a bastard son up on the surface. Oh, okay. I thought that they would have. I thought that they would have sent their people up there to investigate and be like, "Oh my God, she had a child with this guy." Oh, Maybe they thought they them. didn't have jurisdiction over, over the um, land, but you know they came to get her. But not I guess. Them. 
Yeah, so they were just like, you know. And also, it's good that they showed a, a particularly um, cool, um, you know, s- uh, you know, sort of limitation of the Atlanteans, which is they can't breathe above water. So they, their suits are designed to have, have um, water, water in them. inside the masks. Right. And so that's that's pretty cool. So, well, you know, think, all these I limitations... They, I think they can breathe above water. I think some of them aren't able to. I think some of them can. And some of them can't, apparently. No. Yeah, so royalty, people with royal blood, they can breathe above water right. according to the movie's um, canon. So, for example, right. you know, um, King Orm, right? Nicole Kidman, um, what's the, the Mira, Mira's dad? Because they were all in the, in the climax sequence and they were definitely above water yeah. as everybody else had their helmet on. <laughs> exactly. So, people with royal blood can breathe under, uh, above water. Right. Um, where does that put us? Linear lot wise. So basically, the carrot that Volko always had sort of kind of dangling in front of Arthur was that once you are ready, I will take you to see your mom again. But by the time he's like, what, 17, I guess he looks like, Volko finally reveals that, you know, when she went back to Atlantis, after a couple of years, the king's jealousy grew to the point where he had Atlanta banished to the kingdom of the trench to be killed. We, of course, later find out the trench are these um, ugly, gray, alien-looking things that um, don't do anything but eat. <laughs> so is the trench one of the one of the places where one of the seven kings went to? Yes. After- you, you, so, so, because so, remember how they said they're going to unite all the kingdoms. They said, we only need four. The other three are basically, we don't need them because the trench, basically, who gives a fuck? Because <laughs> they don't have brains, they said. They only need a majority oh, well, I, vote. I thought, I thought what they meant by we don't need them was we don't need them to make a decision. We don't need them to make a decision regarding you becoming Ocean Master. Right, they don't. They, don't. they only need like a majority yeah, vote. Just, we need, it's almost like as if like a like house. Like major, we, just, we just need four... We just need majority, right? And that's it. so we we need so. we need the kingdom of um um I've got um Mira's dad, but we need Mira's people. We need um the fisherman king, and we need the crab people. Yeah, that crab nigga wasn't having it though. He said, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, he was like, "I don't really care. You can have my people, but you won't have my allegiance." Right. <laughs> yeah, and I liked how each of these kings. The reason why I asked about the trench is because I thought that eventually we would see the person who's in charge or the leader of these trench creatures because I was eager to see everybody's incarnation of, of a trident. Right. So even Mira's dad has a trident, the crab guy has a trident, the fisherman guy had a trident. Yeah. So I was waiting to see if there would be a, a one of the trench creatures. I thought they would have a trident as well. Yeah. I don't remember if, they, if they're that organized in the comics. They're just like... Just they just exist to feed. Oh, so I, okay. I do know that Ar- that Arthur can't talk to them, even though they're undersea creatures. He can't communicate with them. They won't listen oh. to him. Oh, um, um, Mira's um, dad is he is he is of the. It looks like it's spelled X E B E L Zebel. Yeah, Zebel. That's correct. That's that's the kingdom she's from. Okay. Um. Yeah, so 
after Arthur learns that, you know, he sort of kind of goes, like, becomes the Aquaman we knew from Justice League, where he just hangs out in the water, saves folks every now and then. But for the most part, he's just, you know, living life on the edge. And then gets back on the shore just in time for a happy hour. Yep. Like, but he's doing stuff in secret to help people out. His dad doesn't even really know. Until he's on the news. <laughs> I love to see. Ali called it, though, the scene where, like, hey, you that fish boy from the TV? Yeah. I was it's like, no, man. that's not what's going to happen. We just, want you, yeah. we just want you to know. We love a selfie. <laughs> and he pulls out a pink phone case. <laughs> because what we won't have on this movie is toxic masculinity. <laughs> And they all got drunk together and acted the fool. That was, of course, after... Um, I love, yeah, I love how this selfie started off with, he doesn't want to do this. And then the selfies progressed to um, <laughs> levels of drunkenness. <laughs> they, got, they got turned all the way up in these selfies. All the way up. That was after the uh, opening seek, the, 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 the first like big set piece with Arthur as the, as the leader of the action, which is the worst scene in the movie. Because it's 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 a, it's it's the cheesiest part of the movie, basically. Because it's the whole thing, like Ali pointed out. So um the Hyde family are like, you know, they lead a gang of pirates. It's you know, um crap, what's the dad's name? Um it's, it's played by Michael Beach, but um What is Jesse King? Je- all right, Jess so they're Kane's and not Hyde's in this. Okay. So Jesse yeah, Kane King. Jesse Kane, um played by Michael Beach. He um, is the leader, and but he's training his son David in the in the ways of basically being a pirate. Apparently, they come from a long line of um, Negro pirates uh, to the point where um, Jesse's decided that today's the day that David gets the family um, the family's sword apparently, heirloom, the family heirloom, because apparently, apparently his yeah, the grandfather was a was one of the first. Um... Um, frogmen in the in w- one of the U.S. wars. What war was that? World War Two. Okay, but 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 apparently because when he came back, um, he was treated like they often treat black veterans, just disregarded. And so he found he scavenged on the seas to make his living. And so that's what Jesse does, and that's what David does now. And David's already bad, you know, because like he kills the captain. The captain's like, you know, like. I sit in the stress signal. They're coming. They're, they're going to see it and they're going to come. Well, I'll tell you what. You don't tell me how to pirate. I'll, I'll tell you how to captain. You don't tell me how to pirate. And then he kills them. Yeah. Okay, now, mind you, that, that was a good scene. I'm sorry. That was a good line. That was a good line. <laughs> Look, listen. And then, and then, yeah, I was like, I, I, and then yeah. Aquaman showed <laughs> up and they played rock music and he swung his hair. And all the women, um, they all got pregnant immediately. And, some, and, and many of the men too. And he turned around I'm and, he's, and he I said, do this. I and he said, No, I can't do this. Wait. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> if there was ever a sound of, of pregnancy tests going off, <laughs> that's what. That's what the collective size of all the women in the in the in the theater sounded like. Because he ju- he swung his hair 
Brandon. He swung that. <laughs> like, what y'all won't tell me is I, I that I didn't shampoo this morning because I'm sure as hell. <laughs> and and the sequence basically is supposed to set up Aquaman's abilities that you know he doesn't just swim doesn't he doesn't just swim fast and talk to fish. He's also has he's not super invulnerable, but basically because you can break his skin, but you can't break like like his like mass and like muscle basically because he's able to survive like deep under the water. That's why you can't basically stab him with no regular ass like blade. And you can't really shoot yeah. him either with regular like guns. Because that because the father tried because what we thought was gonna take him out was the father pulls out what looks like a mini rocket launcher. Yeah like like some sort of like um like um um fucking like like incendiary fucking <laughs> projectile. Yeah. It, it's it's obviously not something that's going to be like a massive explosion because clearly they're underwater. Right. And, and him and his son are still in that very confined space. So clearly he wouldn't have launched this thing if, he, if, it, if yeah. it was going to blow up. The whole entire but sub it, that they're in, yeah. Exactly. But it was definitely some kind of, like Brandon said, incendiary thing. And it, I mean, at least it, it definitely rocked Jason Momoa because it, it took him all the way back and he fell. Uh, and then he looked dead for three seconds, and he got up. He's, yeah. And he's, and he, what did he say, Ali, when he got up? Ow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So here's the thing. Here's the funny thing about this movie. Jason Momoa, even though there are... Jason Momoa says a lot of very, um, like, stereotypical things that you've heard on other movies before. Like, some of the lines that this Jason Momoa says, they aren't lines that are new. You've heard this before in other comedies. But Jason Momoa delivers them in such a way where it's like, for me, it was still really funny. Like, so him, we've heard this before. When, when a big guy gets punched or whatever, and they go, oh, that really hurt. Or like, oh, that tickled, you know? Yeah. But him, when he looked up and he was just like, ow. Oh. <laughs> it looked like as if, like, you know, it looked like as if you just knocked out a drunk person. <laughs> they were just like, uh, you just killed my trip. <laughs> yeah. Right. So basically he um, fights, um, you know, um, Jesse and David. And to the point where they, who who blew the hole? Somebody blew a hole in the ship, basically. And the ship starts filling with water. And they have to. Uh, no, what happened was, so in the in the fight, uh, at first, and it was a very craftily, really well done scene where basically in the fight between the three of them, um, one of them knocks over um, like this sort of big, um, like a like an air tank or something. It looks like a it looks like a torpedo or some bullshit, like some kind of a heavy thing with a with a with a nozzle on it. Mm-hmm. But they knock it down, and eventually, as the fight continues, it actually becomes the thing that. Um, it fall that falls on um on Jesse. Yeah. But before that, one of the attacks or whatever from well, as they're fighting, it actually causes the ship to just, you know, to start taking in water, water and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah, so basically Jesse's trapped. Uh David can't free him. Aquaman is leaving. <laughs> he's he's freed everybody. He's missing happy hour. And David's like, you can't leave him. Help me, please. And he's like, you two, you kill people and you steal from them. You got yourselves into this, now get yourselves out. And he walks yeah, away. I'm, I'm pretty much wait because it's important that you also mention that the, he says 
that you need to beg the sea for mercy. Oh yeah, beg, it's beg the sea for mercy. That you, it's important that though Jason Momoa is is somebody who does not want to tie himself to Atlantis at all because of history. Right. He still holds. He still says things that are very iconic of Atlanteans. Yeah. So that is one of those things. So yeah, to the sea. You yeah, give yourself to the sea and beg for its mercy, right? right. Before that, I like the scene where he he frees the, the the guys on the submarine because they all think it's it's one of the Black Manta's crew that's coming in. And then when Jason Momoa is like, he shows up. One of the one of the guys in the back is just like, yeah, it's Aquaman. I was just like, oh my god, he's such a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so and so Jesse wants David to leave. And not sit, die with him. And so to force the issue, he pulls out a, um, a bomb out of his out of his ass and turns it off. <laughs> we, Where did you get that? You always had that on you. <laughs> and then we get that that terrible looking slow mo shot of him running through the water. It, it's mostly because because Yaya's face. He's doing a whole lot. Yaya was kind of acting for the back row a little bit in this Wait, in this movie. When you say he's running, what are you what what are you referring to? What I don't remember. When he's what running you're away about. from his dad's for towards the um the ladder, it's like slow mo. He's doing like I can't do it over the radio, but like limbs are flailing. He's got a look on his face like like he's like he's taking a, a big shit, and it's just it's all in slow motion. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Well, I remember the scene where he's climbing the ladder, and then when he's climbing the ladder, the bomb goes off. Below him. There's the shot right before That's he got to the remember. ladder. Oh, okay. I don't know. For some reason, that I don't register that. Maybe my mind is just like... Maybe your mind blanked it, it out. <laughs> I, my mind blanked it out, obviously. <laughs> Good job, mind. But yeah, so it blows... Basically, so now Manta blames uh, um, Aquaman for the death of his father. Which is keeping in line with the comics. In the comics, um, Ar- um, Arthur ends up accidentally killing... A mercenary he doesn't know is Black Manta's father. Like they aren't all there at the same time, basically. And so Aquaman's only hanging out with his dad, and then Mira shows up. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> and she wants him to come down to the um to the um Atlantis to claim his um birthright as king because King Orm is planning to attack the surface world because we pollute shit. And yeah. to that end, when he doesn't go, um, King Orm sends like this gigantic tidal wave across the entire East Coast, and uh, I believe, it, I guess, the, with the European coast as well, which puts a whole bunch of the dirt and debris and trash that people had dumped into the ocean back onto the shore. Yeah, uh, at first I thought it was just like, oh, we're just showing off how cool the. the- see is but then when i realized what the result was i was like wow that's actually i mean hey we deserve it i mean i i cannot i, 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 I cannot, can't condone it but yeah, i like understand I can, but i mean i but i understand <laughs> right like we do dump a lot of um stuff into the oceans brandon yeah. it's it's true it in fact true. recently i was reading an article where um they just uh, they're just conducting the first um they 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 um developed this this kind of technology um where it's now cleaning it's starting the first Pacific Ocean cleanup of the oceans it's like this huge ass it looks like a net that's just kind of like like think of it as a an an ocean rumba well, I was gonna say <laughs> an ocean vacuum cleaner but yeah rumba yeah. rumba works <laughs> yeah. 
And I thought that that's that you know that that's pretty cool. I have no idea how it's what it's doing to the waist still. I mean, is it converting something? I have no idea. I didn't read it as much. But anyways, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, we dump a lot of shit into the ocean. So yeah. the the giant tidal wave knocks out over um Arthur's truck where he's carrying his dad, and him his dad is about to drown. Mira comes and takes the water out of his lungs. I heard, heard black people behind me gasping, like, ooh, ooh, I ain't know she could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Noobs, <laughs> but yeah, she has the power of hydro. Of, um, she has she has hydrokinetic powers. She can control hydrokinesis water. to yeah. the rescue. So she she basically saves the dad. Um, I appreciated that everybody's parents lived in this picture. <laughs> can I just say that after all the death and destruction of all the Martha of of the whole thing of the other movies, I appreciate that everybody's parents are alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It did happen. Everybody's, you know, right. you know. Also, shout out to shout out to to Jason Momoa, um, clearly showing that you know what. Whenever you plan on having on having um, drinks with your friends, make sure that you have a designated driver yep. to drive. You know, drive um, your friends home. Right. So that's you your know, friends or your father. I thought that was pretty cool. Or your father. If your father is drunk, you drive him home too. Yes. Don't leave him for your for your mom to, to find out. Right. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. And so um Arthur agrees to go with Mira to try to figure to try to see what he can do on the condition that, you know, this is a one and done. It's never a one and done in the movie, is it? And so they go down and meet with Volko, who he hasn't seen in years, and they're trying to basically hatch this plan. Uh the idea is that they want Arthur to find the um, King Atlan's trident. King Atlan was the king of Atlantis when it sank into the sea. He had this trident that had basically they claimed was uh, forged bombed by the power of Pos- the god Poseidon and had all these abilities that had been lost from Atlantis for years, for centuries. And the whole, because the whole thing of like, we, we want you to go and find this. Well, I got one of those. Not like this one you haven't. So I also love how they do the camera work in this movie because there are scenes where it's just like the camera just nudges itself to the side <laughs> like this. And it's so funny. It, it's it's like a little, it's like a it's like a sitcom or something. It's really hilarious when yeah. it does like that. So when he does, I I got one like this, and the camera just kind of like, eh, over there. There's this track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's over there. <laughs> and the only clue they have to is they have this um message recorded by King Atlan that's on this the cylinder that the only way they can read it is by using this technology that had been lost to Atlantis that's apparently like in what the kingdom that is now the Sahara Desert. And so they have to go and travel to the surface to try to do that. But before they can do that, um, they are attacked by the um, Atlantean stormtroopers and brought and um, and Mira and Volko, because they are traitors, they duck out on Arthur. Did you notice that? They yeah. they ducked out? They had to duck out? It's like because you know they had to pretend yeah. like that wasn't shit going on. Yep, they had to they had to leave him there. Yeah, so he uh, so he gets captured and brought to the most pristine looking palace I have seen since like Fritz Lang's fucking metropolis in 1927. Brandon, <laughs> that shit was- all white. Who cleans this palace? Who cleans this throne room? What's that? What's that little dude in uh, Finding Nemo who eats the algae? Him. 
Oh, you know what? Actually, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, we are underwater, and that is that is a that's what lobsters and crustaceans do. Yep. They are the vacuum cleaners of the ocean. Yeah. So yeah, but man, that is so clean, and it's 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 a really really grandiose sort of um. Um, sort of area, right? Um, really cool, and of course, again, lit up with the bioluminescent jellyfish, and you know, creatures that are just around. Really nice. Yep. And so, Orm basically, you know, like he tells Arthur that you know about the whole thing about you're you're a half breed, you're a mom's mistake, you're the reason why they killed her. I've always hated you. You know, I never knew who you were. And um, Arthur's like, I just wanted to be my little brother, figure out, you know, who he was and, you know, see if I could, you know, become a family with him and everything. I didn't know he would grow up to be such a dick. <laughs> and basically, um, or um, Arthur said, says something threatening and Orm was like, oh, so are you invoking the sacred royal challenge, basically? And he's like, yeah, Sounds yeah. Like you want to challenge that. me, buddy? I'm calling it an ass whooping. And so, and then, and then Mira's in the back, and Mira's like, "God damn it!" Yeah. <laughs> and vocals trying, trying to talk him out of it, but Arthur's not listening because um, toxic masculinity, I guess. Because um, the plan was get the fucking trident first, then fight Orm, because you are going to lose because Orm is a warrior king. He's been training his whole entire fucking life to fight people. And so they get up and um go and get into this battle, and that's well, listen, that's how you do a battle. It was it was like I know uh, I, I know yeah. this shit was, was filmed before movie. Black Panther. At least this part of it was filmed before Black Panther. But I'm sure they saw Black Panther and they're like, "How can we do that times two? But better. <laughs> how do we do that? But better. Like, how do we get back into the editing chair and make this look even more?" We had to flip up and down and sideways throughout the ocean <laughs> So the really cool thing about the being underwater, right? And 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 you know, basically designing the film to to make you know water look really cool is because there's no up and down. Right. right? You can basically have sideways, all these kind of different things. It's a thing. You can do that. And so that gives your battles underwater more kinetic energy. Also, um, I am in love with the floating effects in this movie as well. Yeah. Because in the throne room scene, when Orm gets up from his chair and he floats down like an angel from heaven, <laughs> that shit looks... I mean, it was a profile shot, Brandon, because you see his his body as it just floats down and his cape bellowing behind him. Oh, and oh the yeah, light you love capes. You love a cape. Through, <laughs> Breaking through the window behind him, I'm just like, what the what in what what in communion is this? <laughs> it looks really really good. And so when it comes to the the, the fight that they they have together, it again is it it looks really cool. Like they, it doesn't look like as if people are struggling because again, we all know that you can't film all this stuff underwater, right. obviously. We know this already. So a large part of this is all CGI, but it was good of them that they were able to meld together the two, the actual people and the the, the things that were computer generated to such a, a, a great degree that it looks almost seamless. Right. 
So good on them for working so hard on this. People yeah. lost a lot of sleep, Brandon. We know this. Yes, they did. Lost a lot of sleep, gained a lot of weight. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the fight is clearly like, it's clear that Arthur is going to lose, you know, like, or even braces his uh, tried it in, in like half. His mom's tried it. He's like, no, my mom's tried it. Oh, um, and but Mira basically shows um basically forms a um an air pocket to um hold off Orm and opens up a <laughs> shows up in the car. She's like, What are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Get in. <laughs> and they do a getaway because when she brought we, she brought him to Atlantis, we talked about this on the on the earlier part. You know, it's the whole thing about you know she put out the guards, she put out the the um the cannons on top of the of the so city. We recorded that, right, Brandon? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 a there's a lot of stuff already guarding the the entrances. Yeah, city. you got TNT, you got guards, and you got um aqua aqua cannons. Yes, right. Hydro cannons, excuse me, bro. She and they were like, what? And she was flooring it past all that shit. Tried to escape. And they showed up and started start um, yeah. pew pew shooting lasers. The, my favorite part of this whole thing was when Orm pulls up beside them and looks at Mira like you. Because <laughs> I forgot to mention, of course, that you know uh, Mira has been um, she's by the she's been betrothed to um, Orm because you know prince and princess and merging of the kingdoms and stuff and everything. But she don't like him at all. But and she, but she was she was wearing the fuck out of that princess dress though to the um to the battle. But she took that shit right the fuck off when it was time to get in the action, boy. She said, "Fuck." She sure did. Shit. She probably tore. She probably <laughs> tore that. Just she, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Some gay Atlantean designer was probably Stop. crying his eyes Thank out. <laughs> she ruined so, my outfit, <laughs> man. The 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 uh, the gay Atlantean version of of, of Christian Serrano. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> so <pissed>. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> like, how are you gonna just rip the dress off like that? But hey, right. So they yeah. escape. Oh, also, um, shout out to the designers who did the ships as well. The ships look really, really, really good. Yeah. So yeah, just FYI. Yeah, and I was watching the making of this morning. Ali, so much of that was CGI. We you couldn't even tell. They basically built just enough for them to sit in, and that was it. <laughs> I bet you it was just it was just them and two chairs, and everything else is green, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> everything is green. Apparently, it was blue. I guess because Mira's costume was a little bit on the green side, and so she would key out if it had been green. Oh. Um, and so Arthur has well, green needs to be green, right? It just needs to be a color, uh, a color that, that you can key out. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, and so Arthur has him and Mira hide in a whale's mouth. He's like, we're for Pinocchio. And she's like, who's Pinocchio? <laughs> I, again, I, when he said that, I was like, did you just invoke Pinocchio in this movie? What? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Um, again, shout out to the rings that Brandon likes so much. Oh, yeah. The, the um the Aquaman talking to fish rings, which I did not think they would actually. I tell you, I did not think they would actually do it, but they did it. Oh, um, and so they after hiding the whale, they swim their way to the Sahara Desert. I mean to to Africa, 
and they play a cover of the song Africa by Toto that Pitbull has recorded, and people are mad because Pitbull recorded it. But they only yeah, played like 10 mad. seconds of it, and then they were out. They get on an airplane, and they're flying over to Sahara, and Mira's kind of uncomfortable because she ain't never been that high before. And she she has her Atlantean GPS, as Arthur calls it, that's tracking the location of this um of like the the device is gonna be able to read this message from, from King Atlan. And when she when they find it, she's like like Ali has said earlier, she just takes the fucking door off the plate and jumps the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I'm over it because that goat in the cage in the in the plane, it looked at them and it was like <laughs> the goat looked like the pilot was like was like you better not be doing that to me. You better not. <laughs> the goat was like not. these people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> these are some crazy humans. But what you're not gonna do is throw my cage out the window too. Yeah. So yeah. so they, they that was hilarious. They, they they tuck and roll and they get off. They start walking. Meanwhile, um, King Orange meet with the all the uh, with meet with um what's what's Mira Daddy name? Let me look his name up. So his know. name is. King Neris. Neris. I knew it was something with a us at the end of it. King Neris, because the whole idea, he wants to merge the seven kingdoms, or at least four of them, so he can become ocean master and lead a charge on the on the surface world because, you know, they attack us and they want to kill us with their pollution and their stuff. And look, there's one now! And his, his submarine is shooting off cannons at them and causing everybody to come and attack it. Oh, um, little did they know that Orm ain't shit ass has hired um, David to shoot at the Atlanteans <laughs> to yeah. stage uh, conflict and controversy. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Here's what I liked about this for two reasons. One, that was a really good trick, right? Or, you know, yeah. that was a really good idea. Um, two, I mean, well... Everybody in the theater should have seen through this, right? It's right. too convenient that you're having this meeting and all of a sudden you get attacked. The very meeting, the very topic of this meeting is basically what becomes a conflict two seconds later. Right. So that's obviously too that's obviously too coincidental. But three, what I also appreciated is that Mira's father ain't shit either because he knew at the back of his head <laughs> yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is yeah. Mira crossed him out later. It's like you, like you know, it's too convenient, right? And she's like, "Wait, you want this war too, don't you?" Yeah, you, <laughs> you want, you just, you just didn't want it to be like some sort of like you just, you were just waiting for the humans to appear to attack, right. at least, and you didn't care how it came, even if it was through nefarious re- um, means or if it was an actual attack from humans. Yeah, you just wanted a reason because your hand is on the trigger and you're ready to go. Right. And so, cause like, and when he pays David in um in gold doubloons, David's like, I want Aquaman. <laughs> He's like, you can keep, you can keep it. Nope, <laughs> nope. Sorry, bro. Money here. Listen, <laughs> listen. They kept it. They, I like how he's like, you can keep your money. And then all of a sudden, the 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 um the the henchmen that show up, the the um, Atlantean, they turn around and they just walk off. <laughs> <laughs> they just left it there. The girl on the floor, like, dude, we're just the messengers. We don't care about what you want. Right. <laughs> and so eventually, yeah. um, Orm hires David again to go because the whole idea is that um, Nearest wants them to go and bring Mira back alive, of course. 
because this is the goddamn daughter and right. they want they used to want Orm and Mira to get married. But you know, kill Arthur, we don't care. But Orm is like, no, kill both of them niggas. Kill them both. And so he hires David and brings David Atlantean tech to do it with. And he's like, and so like um including you know the the cannons that convert water into energy. And David's like, right. this is nice and everything, but let me can I can I can I hold these? Thank you. Oh, he goes to his secret lab and starts building shit and builds a prototype of yeah, he a, basically re he re-engineers what they, they gave him. Right. Basically. Right. He has plenty of time because these niggas are just running across the desert and running across um the, the uh, Africa and the Middle East for a couple of days trying to find all um on the scavenger hunt. So he has time. <laughs> yeah, plus, yeah, and also it's noted that you know. Orm is tracking uh, Mira because Mira, he gave Mira a bracelet yeah. before, before the fight. The, um, before the fight between and uh, Aquaman. And so basically, uh, it's okay. They can take as much time as they want to to yeah. f- um, figure out how to get them because they know exactly where they is. So, yeah, so out there in the Sahara Desert, this, this is the scene that's already on, uh, already in the trailer, but it looks a lot better in the movie, like, especially with the extra lines that they cut out for the, um, the trailer. You know where they go, and they. So here's what I appreciate: is the is the banter. Here's where the banter really, really, um, you know, it it's, it really reaches its peak with Mira and Arthur because yeah. again they have really good chemistry. Uh, the two actors on scene, um, Brandon. How I wanted to laugh out loud when Mira kept on checking that damn GPS and Arthur swatted it out of her hand like, <laughs> "Stop it!" <laughs> He said, it's right around somewhere. And he was like, stop looking at that. Bam. And he just, <laughs> rather he swung over and like a child. And I was like, God damn it. You're just a big child. And he's like, there's nothing out here but dirt and sand. And <laughs> she said, if you're the true king of Atlantis, we are all doomed. <laughs> And so inside that cave, they find the, the device and they turn it on. She turns it on by taking the sweat off his head. Tom, we need water. You're the closest source. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Wow. He's like, he's like, show off. I could have just peed on it. The look, the look, the line is not what's funny. What's funny is the look she gives him. That look put me in a place. <laughs> wow. So basically, um, At- uh, Atlas Message appears and says that they have to journey to um, wherever he said he said it was apparently it's Sicily. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because like, oh, look into the bottle and and use the bottle to find the hit the hidden sea, basically. And so they find the bottle. And inside the bottle is a map that leads them to Sicily. And in Sicily, Aquaman and Mira hang out in like among the town people. That's where he, she gets the flowers and she eats them because she sees people eating stuff. She doesn't understand that salad and flowers are different. <laughs> so I just Arthur is like, oh, that's a double fuck it. I'll eat some flowers too. Because <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah. She meets a little girl who has a like, who has wow. a book. And she's like, Wait a minute, this is Pinocchio. You risked our lives for a fairy tale? <laughs> it's a book. And that's yep. that's what I screamed in the theater. <laughs> that's when Brandon was completely 
you went off because <laughs> Arthur had the nerve to say, wait a minute, that was a book. I saw it on a movie. <laughs> <laughs> a movie made by who? Like, really, a, movie, a movie made by whom, Ali? <laughs> he probably saw the Disney version. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he probably saw it on he probably saw the Disney version. But I'm just like, wow. He's like a book. What? I didn't know that was a book. He, he acted like as if he was like, he definitely did not know that was a book. He thought it was just a movie. A lot of folks don't know Pinocchio so was a book. So he based it off of... It was technically a, a, se- a, a series of short stories that were published in a magazine first, but it became a book later. But yeah, so I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so it's even worse. He based his prediction of what to do underwater on a piece of entertainment media. That's yep. even worse. <laughs> And so they find like you know these statues of these um, Roman um, royals, but the one who's actually a king, they they put the bottle where he can look through it, and that's where they see where they're going to the kingdom of the trench. Basically, is where that's located. But before they can move out there, um, Ak- um, Black Manta shows up with the Atlantean stormtroopers, and he's not having any of this shit. He's like, "You reckon you remember me?" <laughs> Now I've got Atlantean steel. Here come, Call me Black Manta. Here come, <laughs> right. No, here comes the what is probably the best camera work I have ever seen on a superhero. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm talking about the fight. The, James, a- the Aquaman Black Manta James fight. Bond. I did not expect it to be that good or that brutal. I really didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you can feel. So when you watch this movie, people listening, you will feel every impact. Yes. From every hit, even if it's a punch or a laser or whatever. Right. And also the camera, the camera, the camera is doing like Olympics to really show you how dynamic everything is. Because what I, what I really like is that in the foreground, you see a fight between Black Manta and Arthur, but in the background, you can see Mira is also fighting. And then the camera flies through between Black Manta and Arthur. To, to to go to where Mira is having a fight and it's just it does all this sort of things um all throughout the fight and it's really well done. It makes me feel like as if I'm right there following, running with or alongside Mira right. as she tries to dodge all of these these henchmen. Right. Eventually Arthur wins the fight between and also he saves people because he's a superhero, remember, for um during the fight. But eventually he bests Black Manta and sends him over a cliff like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> yeah. I love I love how he saves that little girl from the yeah. from the falling um bell. Yeah. Like he literally rugby tackles a bell out of the way as it falls. Yep. And he saves like um some um little some other girl's father from like when like when the um relics falls on him. Oh, yeah, from being crushed. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. They're like See, we, we learned. That's Warner Brothers, what they're saying right now. <laughs> Save uh, people. Don't just cause mindless destruction. Right. Um, and so, eventually, Aquaman and Mira get back onto their quest. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, because remember... Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. He, he passed out from bleeding because like, he got stabbed by a black mantle with his, um, his Atlantean um, sword. So he he bled exactly. out right almost, but he passed out. But Mira patched him up with some seaweed and put him mm-hmm. on the boat. Oh no, boat that she stole. Yeah, 
<laughs> he was like, where'd you get this boat? So the boats at the harbor, they aren't just for public use? Uh, no, somebody, that belongs to somebody. Someone's oh. missing a boat. No, admittedly, <laughs> since, that, since that little village got uh, nearly um, destroyed in that battle, I think the priority is less about boats and more about reconstruction. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. So while they're out on the boat, you know, like Arthur talks about how they're feeling. He's he feels bad for having basically created Black Manta by letting his father die. You know, now I made an enemy. Meanwhile, below the ocean, um, Orm goes to visit the Fisherman King, played by Javin Hansu in all of the makeup. Uh, <laughs> you will not recognize him unless you know his voice. And the beating doesn't go very well because he kills the, fish, the Fisherman King in about mm, forty five seconds. <laughs> Because he because ref- he, he basically calls him a pussy. He says, "Y'all, your nonviolent bullshit and your 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 your, your flaccid poetry, y'all ain't been great in centuries." <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah." So basically, he he basically calls he basically calls the fisherman kingdom, um, you know, a liberal arts degree. Wow, wow, liberal arts degree uh, owners <laughs> call in. Uh, but yeah, he kills Fisherman King. And then leers over the queen and and the um and the princess like um and basically says so are y'all on board and they're basically are too terrified to say no so they say yes and so that only leaves the crab mm. people who we'll get to at the end because they clearly weren't having that shit um, Aquaman and Mira get to the king of the trench and bef- um, before you can say a um, horror movie. Because this is a James Wan movie. Um, these evil, ugly things are climbing onto the boat trying to eat people. But of course, but because they come from the depths of the sea, they are scared of light. So the way to fend them off is by using um, the uh, flares on the boat in like the in the you know like in the emergency kit. And uh, after takes one of those flares, and him and Mira jump into the water. And swim swim away from the trench. Well, they just swim through rather because there's about mm, about a hundred thousand of them niggas coming after them. <laughs> and I heard the whole, I heard the whole theater like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Those those creatures were genuinely terrifying. Like I never want to see, I never want to see that when I if I'm in a room by myself at night. I never want to see one of those things come out of the darkness. I should show you. There's a there's a behind the scenes <laughs> photo of me of Amber Heard taking a picture with some of them, and she's doing like a winky Betty Boop face. Because <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> apparently, some of them are people in costumes. They aren't all CGI. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but they, that was really scary. But um, props for props for um, the design of that scene because I believe that they were I totally believe that this is they're on a boat and I totally believe that they're in the middle of an ocean right because because that sea that sea was that, that was a ruckus I mean that was some yeah. that was some that was some <laughs> Jonah <laughs> that, <laughs> look that, that song came straight out of the Bible <laughs> <laughs> right, and so they are saved by um, by some mysterious person in a white trench outfit who turns out to be surprise, surprise, Queen Atlanta. She survived her uh, ex- her exile 
And she had been fitting herself in the hidden um, sea, which is located at the core of the earth. Uh, y'all are really going into fantasy land now. Yeah, that's. I was like, whoa. Journey to the center of the earth, indeed. But so, apparently through the... Beyond the waterfall over here is where the... It's not the coriander. That's a... Uh, that's a uh, <laughs> that's fire. That's fire. Uh, <laughs> that's Starfire. What's the name of the thing? Name of the what thing? The big um, Julie what Andrews monster. What is her name? Oh, the oh, the Carathen. The Carathen. Thank you. I knew the Carathen. Yeah. So I do something related to the Kraken, basically. And yeah. the Carathen guards of uh, King Atlas. Uh, Dispo, um, deposed throne where he still holds the uh, trident, his uh, tr- magic trident that hasn't been used in centuries. But only, but and so Queen Atlanta has tried to go. Many people have tried to go in there. They've all died except for Queen Atlanta, who's I guess she's smarter than the rest of them. She just got out of there alive. Only the true king can enter. And so, as opposed to fighting the monster. Uh, Jason Momoa goes in and has a nice chat with it, <laughs> which, I, which yeah. is a good turn of Until which is a good I turn of all. Um... Yeah, I had forgotten. It was a nice little um, remember, like it, it was a nice little callback to the fact that oh, by the way, he can speak to these creatures, right? And the fact that, in fact, the funny thing is, the fact that um, the Carathen starts talking. Should have been an indication that the only reason you can hear what it's saying is because Jason Momoa's character can, can hear, hear what, what it's saying. saying. So, yeah. So when she, so when he responds, when he talks back to it, and the Carathen goes, "You, you can understand, understand me. me." It was almost yeah. It was almost like Detective Pikachu going, "Wait, you can understand me." Right, and that's what actually <laughs> lets him puts him over top of everybody else. You know. The fact that he can yeah. speak to it, speak to the, um, this marine life, and so he gets also to... he was very candid about what he about who he is and what yeah. he wants, and then he was like, "If that's not enough for you, then screw you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I need to to save everybody. I can't just you know, I had to stop the people of Atlantis from destroying the surface world, but I want to help everybody. And that's not good enough for you to screw you, and so he gets to try it, and he get he also gets um. The um the, the uniform as well. And he comes out. That's the scene you've already seen in the trailer. And it's back to um fucking uh <laughs> Atlantis, where the war of the wars is breaking out between the Atlanteans, the uh, people of Zebel, the fishermen um colony, and these crap people who are not having any of this shit. They don't they're not going without no fight. So now it's a big yeah. old civil war. Everybody's shooting at lasers at everybody. Everybody's got they um they they weapon steeds out. You know, I was trying to figure out like what kind of tech the crab people are using. Yeah, I I saw mostly just big formations of like various sizes of crab. Yeah, but they were shooting things at the Atlanteans, so it's not like as if they were just all hand to hand combat weapons. They were throwing things. So one of the things they were throwing was um, clearly the crab people live in a, a part of the sea, part of the ocean depths where um, they can actually mine for lava. So they were also catapulting 
um, you know, hot steaming like lava balls, like I guess that have been pressurized underwater towards the Atlanteans. That's one thing they were throwing at them. But they were throwing other things, I guess, weapons and whatnot. And also it looked like they actually did have ships because they were parts of this fight sequence where there would be like something that looks like a creature, but it's actually a ship. And then like a, a door would open, kind of like the door of like a plane. Yeah. And more, more crab um, warriors would come out of it. So clearly they have some kind of tech. It might be really archaic tech, but they do have some kind of tech behind them. It's right. not just you know, barbarians. Yep. And so then Arthur shows up with the triad and calls on every sea creature that he can call on to come and fuck these niggas up. Yeah. <laughs> every every like, shark, yes. fish, <laughs> dolphin, like, manta. Literally nothing you can do because what shows up is first the Karathan and they're just like, first of all, and we Karathan, thought that was... Yes. We thought that was a legend. So that's number one. So everyone, everyone is agog, right? <laughs> and then, then every single creature from, from underneath the sea comes up. And it's just like everything you can think of, he's throwing at them. Yeah. So no matter how much you blast or you lasers or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because man, the whole ocean is coming after you. It's like you just upset the, whole, the no, entirety no, of the We need seven. to specify. The whole ocean. That's what like, I'm saying. That shit like, was fucking expensive. I never see so many fucking swimming animals in my life. <laughs> you see how we were cloning the first tr- the first poster? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we <for> were. <laughs> guys, guys at home. We apologize. That's what happens in the end. <laughs> we apologize for cloning. That is exactly what happens in the end. Everything. When we were calling, we were saying, "Oh, that looks like a that looks like as if he's standing in front of uh, one of the glasses in front of." Uh, and the in, shark um, came from Getty Images uh, Aquarium. That Getty yeah. Images shark, exactly. Big people, I'm just saying. <laughs> right, guys, this is exactly what happens. All right. the orcas, all the crabs, the turtles, everything, dolphins, everything. Just out there, just out yeah. there, and, and they're just pelting at all the Atlanteans that are fighting. And um, they're driving them back right. um, until, you know, you have Orm. Orm decides that he's, he's just going to break through everything, right? Yep. And he's going to fight Arthur one-on-one. Um, right. And so they get to fighting and they bring it up to the surface. Because Volko, you know, because well, Volko has at this point been arrested for treason because uh, Orm, right. Orm's not stupid. But um, Mira tells him, last time you fought him in his element, make him fight you on yours. And so they bring it, they bring it up to the surface. So they're on top of um, Orm's ship on, on the surface fighting, and Arthur finally masters that um, that I don't know what you call that windmill technique that Vocal was trying to show him on years ago. And yeah, I mean honestly, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I mean, you wield the trident of, of King Atlan. Yeah. So I mean, you just needed to poke him with it. <laughs> and you could have, yeah. If that thing had connected with Orm, he would have not just died; he would have been destroyed. So, yeah. so don't even, don't even worry <laughs> about like mastering any kind of technique, dude. Just get a clean hit in. Yeah, that's he, all. He, he blasted the fuck out of um, Orm's trident. He and Orm was like, "Do it, kill me! I want to die." Because he he doesn't want to yield. Apparently, you know, because he's. And and but then mom shows up, um, Nicole Kidman. She shows up. Stop it right now! 
this is stupid. We are adults and this is ridiculous. Cut the crap. Yeah. So Nicole, <laughs> because because like I said, she's been starving for for um for many moons in that undersea hell yeah. that she was having to having to um basically <laughs> um hunt for all of her food. Yeah. And she would really appreciate a hot meal. <laughs> So what what y'all are gonna do is you're gonna shake hands and make up, and so we can get on with this day. Yeah, Orm was like, "Mom, mother, you're al- you're alive." Wait, you're on his side. Yes, you you just misguided. They need they need to take you away now. <laughs> so they <laughs> so they arrest him, take him away, and because Arthur has the trident of Atlan, he is the king of Atlantis now. And he's like, "So what do I do now?" You be their king. Oh, okay, cool. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Every day is happy hour now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the He's first law. <laughs> the rules are going to be bananas down there. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord Jesus. I feel, I feel sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we go coming to part two. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like like how how America is now with under Donald Trump. Yeah, and they it's go. Be, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the city has turned into to complete debauchery, right? Because <laughs> everybody's just drinking and they're not doing shit. They're just, just having a good time. Just a time. just just the Bonacar from hell. <laughs> yeah, every day is a bacchanal. Ba- bacchanal, yeah. Sorry, I'm country. So so yeah. And then the credits started rolling and. The font was terrible. <laughs> that's that's a very petty uh, criticism, but yeah, I didn't I like that font. What, what? Why is the font terrible again? It looked too me? much like papyrus. But, but, but I know it wasn't papyrus, but, but it looked too much like papyrus. Civilization. I know, but, but still, <laughs> isn't that supposed to be a good thing? I thought you would have been like, "Oh, Ali, that's very unproposed with this with with the themes of this thing," because you know, Atlantis is an ancient city. I mean, I thought that you would say. I guess. I don't know what's so bad about papyrus. The font, like, is that like, is that like a forbidden? Yeah, thing? It is. is that one of those designer? Is that one of those designer things where it's like your teacher's like, never use papyrus in my class? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. So, and the mid-credit sequence is Black Manta floating um, out on the ocean, and he's picked up by a boat. That is um, owned and inhabited by Dr. Stephen Shin, played by Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, he's a marine biologist who he believes in Atlantis when everybody else tells him he's crazy. And so he. Even though there's very clear evidence. Being <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> not hiding. Right. <laughs> he's not. He's right there. His father wants a freaking um lighthouse, guys. He's on Instagram. They take selfies with him at the bar. He's not <laughs> hiding. So why is everybody else on TV on the news going, who is this Aquaman? When 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 um when what's his name? When David throws his knife at the at the wanted poster or whatever with the question mark that says who is Aquaman? I'm like, what? Why did Nobody's I just go to IG question. and get the photograph? <laughs> yeah, he's right there. Like, he's literally there. It's on this. It's on. Okay, sure. <laughs> so basically, so basically, half of the world is being ignorant on purpose, and the other half is like, yeah, we can totally go to this bar and take selfies with him. Okay, sure. 
Right. And so when Black Manta wakes up, he sees um, um, Stephen Shin messing with his technology. He's like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. He bros the hole in his roof of his boat. He's like, this, this is Atlantia technology, isn't it? He's like, yeah, it is. I'll, I'll let you um, dissect it if you tell me one thing. If you do one thing, help me find him and throws the knife at Aquaman, the, the who is Aquaman uh, newspaper. Help me, find, help me find a tablet with Google. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so yeah, I want to see it again. I really do, actually. Like, yeah, it's not so, it's not yeah, a film. Me- I will admit that it's not a film. It doesn't have high themes or anything to say about the human condition, really, except for, like, the sort of kind of mild moral about just because somebody comes from two different cultures doesn't mean that they're a half-breed or worthless or anything like that. But even that sort of kind of soft pedal. All this, movie, all this movie needs to do is just be good enough so that way Warner Brothers can can make enough so that way they can they can really redo and, and update and make better their franchise. Because that's what they've been needing for a while. They needed a win. So now we'll see what happens next. Oh, the, the, uh, uh, the movie has already made. So the U, the U.S. and Canada will be the last co- last countries to get it. It's already open across the, across the world. So it's already made, I think, $200 million in China. It's made good money everywhere else. It's already made, I think, $260 million worldwide. And it's not even out in America yet. The preview screens from last, from last night made $3 million, which is like a record for that sort of Amazon Prime um, early screening. So it's going to make money. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be. So that, that means that there's definitely going to be a sequel. Yeah. Aquaman 2, The Rise of Black Manta. Yeah, so... Yeah, so they did a good job. They did a good job. So, um, they can at least be... And it's crazy because they made a... They they made a a Superman movie. That didn't work. They made a Superman v. Batman movie. That That really... Didn't work. I like Man of Steel, they, mind you, but a lot, of people, a lot of people didn't like it because it was so different from the other Superman movies that had come. I before. liked it personally. Yeah, I liked it too. And then they made a this league movie that didn't work. Oh, you're forgetting the worst of them all. Suicide oh, yeah. Squad. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about. I'm I'm calling all of the top DC comic book heroes. Oh, right. Yeah. It should be Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Those should stand above all the rest. And out of all of these three, only one of them made a decent movie. Yeah. So, so that that's a problem. <laughs> and now we have. <laughs> It didn't really have a... The score wasn't that... I like the score. I like it. I went to actually pull up the soundtrack. All I, can, all I can remember is his theme. That's all I can remember. I can't remember anything else on the score. I remember... Yeah, as, Black, as Black Panther's score, for example... Oh, 
哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒 That's something that, but I can I can only remember his score, and that's pretty much it. Everything else was just it's just it was just ambient music. But it was good、um, though compared to that awful Justice League score that Danny Elfman did. Oh, that was yeah, it. Was just atonal and just why why is this here? He may have been sick. Why did y'all spend money? Why why didn't the musicians in the in the in the um in the pit be like um sis? This ain't it. I, <laughs> You also just get John Williams and just tell him to just make everything. John Williams is retired. <gasps> you know, after I think he's done. I think he was done after the Last Jedi. He might. I might be after this next one. He's done. But yeah, he,、uh, he's, yeah. he's he's he's、Here's、done. So you no you you hush your mouth. Okay. Let me look、you、it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. Hold on. Because John Williams and Star Wars needs to be a thing. What、well, a man can't live forever. They want to make more movies. I, I don't want to hear it, Brandon. I don't. <laughs> Do you? I don't want to hear.、It. I will not. Ali, do you know how old John Williams is? All enough to keep going. He's eighty-six. He still got some more in the tank. He can. He can do it. I know he can. He's got at least ten more movies in under his belt. He can do this. I believe in him. Yeah.、Um, Episode nine will be his last score he's doing. Jesus Christ, Lord! <laughs> well, he says he's retiring from the Star Wars franchise, but the man is eighty、okay. fucking six. He needs to sit、he's, down. <laughs> he's fine. I know he can do it. He can do it. He's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> If y'all give him a like a、um, a hot tu- a hot tub for his feet. And a goddamn robe to put on. If that's what we need to put, we need to we need to put install into the, the studio. Then let's do that. Let's put that in the studio for him. Whatever it takes, get that man into the studio. Get him to crank out some more、um, original soundtracks. Yeah, and themes. We need those things. Yeah. Lord Jesus, it's iconic.、I'm、sorry. Right. So. My questions now are. Oh,、all. by the way,、um, speaking of iconic themes,、um, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but there's a really cool、um, documentary interview where they get、uh, John Williams,、uh, the guy who did the score for. Remember、um, uh, the the guy who did the score for Black Panther, Ludwig.、Um, crap, I don't know. I remember that's that man's last、yeah. name. So, so they get. They get、um, these the two of them and、um, one other person whose name escapes me. Hans Zimmer, in, perhaps. Yeah, they get Hans Zimmer. They get Hans Zimmer. John,、uh, no, not John Williams. I'm sorry, they didn't. John Williams is not in that panel. But Hans Zimmer,、uh, that Ludwig guy,、um, Benjamin Wallerfish, and they get they get a couple of them in a in a room. They just interview them about hey, you guys' process. And one of them, I think it's Ludwig. I think Ludwig is the youngest. I believe. Yeah, he is. Of all of them, he he's such a fanboy. Like he was like, oh my god! <laughs> like he he was very. He talked about how he was inspired by everybody in this room because you know it's it's them he bases you know his、um, 
his career off of. And so it's it's really good. If you can find it on, um, this interview on YouTube, you it, you do good to actually um, listen to it. Okay. All right, cool. I was looking. Um, there's a variety article that says that Mortal Engines is going to lose more than 100 million at the box office. Why is that? Uh, because nobody's going to see it, and it got less than favorable reviews. The reviews aren't everywhere that mean. It just said that it felt. Um, they just said, I think they they said it was like too dense, really, for like holiday a holiday release. It's not the time of year where people want to think <laughs> too right. hard. Secondly, this is this is not the fall for you to drop Mortal Engines. It only made seven point five million dollars at the box office opening weekend. This is this is literally one of the worst falls to put your <laughs> your obscure ass movie. Just put it to next year. The budget of a hundred over a hundred million dollars, and then the marketing costs on top of that. God damn it! Uh, oh, I, let me read this quote. This is a true Christmas disaster. And a lump of coal for Universal, said Jeff Bach, an analyst with Exhibitor Relations. They took a Damn. big swing and they struck out. Motor Engines has been a marketing challenge for Universal, its distributor. Although the CGI spectacle was produced and co-written by Lord of the Rings filmmaker Peter Jackson, he also did a second unit direction, but not first unit. It's based on Philip Reeves' book series that that's not that widely known in the U.S. It exactly. Also, it also lacks any major movie stars and has a plot that's difficult to convey in a television spot or on a poster. Exactly. So here's the thing: the trailer. If 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 you have a movie, if you have a movie based on a book that hardly anybody is not widely known in America, then your trailer needs to convey themes that moviegoers. That moviegoers who um, who are uh, interested in that genre, you need to convey those themes in the movie trailer, right? Guess what? Movie trailer came out, and I still don't understand what the hell is going on. I don't think I've ever seen a trailer. You should watch watch a trailer, and just it's just. It's I want to see who's in it. Who's in it? Nobody. Shade. I mean, somebody, somebody's in How famous are they? Hira no, Hilmar, I don't know her. Robert Sheehan, don't know him. Hugo Weaving, I know him, but he's not a movie star. Jihei, I don't know her. I mean, all they, no. ha- all they have is Hugo Weaving. He's the only person yeah. in the picture that I recognize. So, yeah, and the, the plot from the trailer is, is this really crazy plot. And it's like... Give me what I think you need to do is make sure that your your hero is endearing and relatable. Right. And the hero in the trailer isn't even any of those things. It's a woman um, who's the the um, protagonist, but the way they portray her, it's like what is this? When I read the description, I'm basically about it's like post apocalyptic, apocalyptic. And like the cities, they like sort of kind of they're on like like wheels basically. They sort of kind of roam across the countryside. That sounded cool. Not really. <laughs> like it, because everything is because the thing about it is, dude, your movie can't be. It's, the trailer is basically the trailer is like this to me. 
this basically the start of the Lego movie. Everything was awesome. <laughs> and now it is not. And now everything is bleak. And then the movie goes, and on top of it being bleak, the main character is miserable. And <laughs> the, the, she has a miserable life, but she's on a quest. And here is the antagonist. He is also miserable and very, you know, and very much a, um, what do you, what do you call it? Like he's a, he's a tyrant, right? And it's like, and then the, 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 um, the antagonist learns that the protagonist is trying to assassinate him. So he sends out an assassin to get her. And so now it's a race against time for this girl to escape this assassin. And I'm just like, but why do I care about her? That's what I'm trying to get at. You have to build up the main character. You have to show, hey, this is why the main character is awesome. And that's, this is why you care about her. And now you bring in the antagonist and here's the asshole who's trying to bring her down. So that way you can be like, oh man, I need to go see this movie because I need to know how she brings down this jerk because he's a man and she's a woman and I'm here for, for her kicking ass, right? Right. But, but it, it's not that in the trailer. It's just... You know, here's a girl, she's miserable. You know, this whole place is up um, post-apocalyptic. Everything is dreary. Everything is sad. It's like, that's not, that's not what puts asses in seats. Right. It just came out in like February. They pushed the bet like they did that. Um, the one with the girl with the big eyes, Alita. Like that would probably have worked better for them. I just feel like it's too crowded of like a... Um, yeah, yeah, and also the movie is just the movie, like the plot of the movie. If you read like Sons and all that, it's just too heavy. Mm-hmm. It's too much stuff. Where you know when you some there's some fiction books you read where the the um the author he's so good at he or she sorry is so good at world building mm-hmm. that there are all these little in jokes. There are all these little um in secrets that happen back to a time before the events of the main plot and all that. All that stuff is supposed to make the world seem very lived in and make it have a rich history, you know, to like piggyback off of to move forward in the story. All that stuff is so compact that putting that in a movie, because I'm assuming this is supposed to start a franchise, but it's it's always, when is it not to start a franchise? (laughs) But it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. When Law of the Rings came out, what was big? Uh, Matrix. But mind you, Lord of the Rings came out in the gap between Matrix 1 and then 2 and 3. There's like a four-year gap between those. Okay. But Lord of the Rings has name recognition, though. People know the um, uh, J, um, J.R. Tolkien stories. Yeah, they do. It's just mortal engines. It's just, man, it's coming. This is something like, like more like the Golden Compass, where the Golden Compass basically exactly. tanked uh, Dude Line. Same thing, too. It's just like, it's, I mean, no, the mortal, no, no, grant, um, granted, the, the premise of the um, Golden Compass, to me, I thought that was interesting, right? To have, it's essentially yeah. an alternate. 
universe where your consciousness exists outside of yourself in the form of an animal. Yeah. Like, okay, that's, that seems like fun. I did hear the movie itself is not bad. It's, it's just not, that... It's not a terrible movie. They did not promote uh, it. It's, they did not promote it. And then halfway through this movie, it takes a different turn. And it's just like, your your movie is... It, it bit off more than it could chew and it can't bring everything to a conclusion. Right. And it's supposed to obviously kick off again another franchise. So they leave you with a cliffhanger and all that, blah, blah, blah. But it's not strong enough. The lead character, the main, the protagonist woman, the girl, she's not strong enough as an actor. And the guy who's playing, um, what's his name? Um, your, your Daniel Craig, who's mm-hmm. playing her um, father. Um, he's only in the movie for like five minutes and then he gets lost in the plot line. And it's just like, but you, when you lose your strongest, um, you know, you lose your strongest, um, person on there. Also, Nicole Kidman is in, in, is in Golden Compass. (laughs) Yeah. So Nicole Kidman is in this movie too. And she's a really strong presence in the movie. She's one of the antagonists. But again, it's just the plot and the main character. Following the main character isn't as fun as following somebody like Nicole Kidman or Daniel Craig because those are seasoned actors who can really, who can basically turn, they can turn um, boring lines into something exciting and cool because they can bring behind it with them their experience. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just un- unfortunate, man. Because I mean, I don't think I don't want anybody's movie to tank. You know, I think everybody has a story to tell. Um, but it's just, man, it's difficult out here. Not with these big franchises and these big studios with all the money. Man. And the funny thing is, the studios don't really have all the money. They spend all the money. Do they have it? Is the question. Because <laughs> yeah. like. Like Universal, mm, I guess the Grinch gonna protect them from this to some degree. But like, um, I mean, because like the Grinch over overperformed. It's it's already made two hundred thirty million dollars just in America alone. That's which is really good considering it didn't get the best reviews. But this is gonna wipe out whatever goodwill they had. Which is really messed up. Like, yeah, like I don't like it when movies flop unless they're like racist, basically, or something like that. Well, the thing, other thing too is like when you tell me that a movie not only flopped but it also tanked its studio, I feel very sad for that. Right. You know, because man, that I mean, Universal won't go anywhere, but I mean, but the Golden Cop is fucked up. Uh, New Line New Cinema. Line. And what's the movie? Line, what's the movie from the eighties? New Line was a subsidiary of Disney, right? No, uh, uh, it was Time Warner. Oh, because uh, Ted Turner bought it oh, in the nineties. You told me. You told me Touchstone was Disney. Yeah, Touchstone is Disney. Okay. And Touchstone isn't a real. wasn't a real studio. It was just a label Disney used to put out R-rated and PG thirteen rated movies. Okay. Yeah, New Line came from the Time Warner Turner merger. That's how they got to Time Warner. But they kind of fought to keep themselves from being absorbed into Warner Brothers as like a subsidiary. They wanted to be able to keep doing their own thing. But what happened was that the Golden Compass lost so much money that the people at Time Warner said, nope, you are be- going to be forced to work as part of Warner Brothers from now on. 
So they have their own studio still, but like Warner Brothers has to approve movies, certain big budget movies. Like, uh, what's the movie that Rock made this year? Uh, Rampage had to be approved by them, and Shazam had to be approved by them too. But once they, but beyond that, New Line gets to do their own stuff more or less. But the movies are distributed by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers has to be able to coordinate the schedule. Which is why I'm interested to see what happens with Shazam because it's a whole different, it's basically a different different people in charge entirely. Like, um, Walter Hamada still has oversight. He actually got a job at Warner Brothers because he was working on Shazam. But I'm interested to sort of kind of see what, like, the different, like, chain of command does with the movie. As we're talking right now, I'm watching scenes from Men of Steel on my computer. Mm. Like the, the the fun parts where he was just testing out his powers before we got into all the um I will find we were I, I will find him and everything you know. Mm. This this movie was so it was so dark. Darkness, darkness. And I don't dark. mean dark like theme thematic wise. I mean dark like everything's in shadow. It doesn't need to be, and the color there's no color. Like it's like in like it's like in that muted color um, palette that Zack Snyder likes to put movies in. Can I ask you a question? Let me ask you: If you had, let's say, and I know you hate fan casting, but if you had to choose a director that you thought was compact, first, you know, you know, competent enough to spearhead uh, to direct a Superman movie based off of your experience with other directors, who would you choose? It wouldn't be Zach. Um, of the people that we know who directed shit, who would have had like the chance to sort of kind of pick this sort of a thing at the time. Mm. That's a good question. Who do you? Who would you like? Who would you have liked? Like, let's say, who would you have been like? Is they said if they said his name at the time, you'd be like, "Holy shit, my ass is definitely in the theater." I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. I wasn't. I can't answer that because I don't know. Because I'm trying to think. And like Any, uh, any anybody the, who's current though? Yeah, maybe? If, uh, the famous directors that I know, I wouldn't have picked any of them. I would have definitely probably picked somebody who'd only done like a few movies here and there already. It would okay. have been like it would have been Zach thing. because Zach had already shown that he liked to do esoteric sort of alternate takes on superheroes. Like sucker punch. <laughs> like like Watchmen. <laughs> and sucker punch. <laughs> like he's not the right choice. He was never the right choice for the to like be the. And the thing was, after he made this movie, they were fighting at Warner Brothers over who was going to be the big, like the big banana as far as the creative side goes. And he won because basically nobody else wanted to do it. And that was a mistake, as we saw. That was quite a mistake, as we saw. The whole BVS thing and oh look, this is like, you know, like a fresh take on Luthor. No, no, no. I mean, did they yeah. not realize when they were filming that that, you know, that Luthor was not going to work for them? I don't I don't know what he was thinking, honestly. Um, I'm not the you know the funny thing is I'm not the thing is remember. it's not that he makes bad 
he's, he's not he doesn't know how to make a movie. It's that he didn't know how to make the type of movie that Warner Brothers wanted, and they took it from him each time and tried to make the type of movie they wanted, and it resulted in chaos. So there was conflict in the back. There was very there much was, conflict in the back was, room. Although I will was, say the whole Martha thing was fucking stupid. Yeah. That's the kind of thing, even if you want to be your plot point, you don't write it that way. Yeah, it almost, you know what it felt like? It felt like as if somebody, and I remember talking to friends about this, it felt like somebody was like, like there was like a group of writers, <laughs> they were exchanging ideas for this, and somebody thought that they had stumbled upon a treasure that had never been traversed or like in, like they've, that's never been like examined <laughs> for all of DC Comics. The fact that, like, Mark, that Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne and his mom have the same name. The same yeah, like it, it, it's almost like if somebody was like somebody was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe nobody ever used this." That's why no one's used it because <laughs> like, it's dumb. Because you don't you don't use that as a reason for me to give a shit about your own endeavors as a hero, <laughs> right? Like just because my mom and your mom have the same name, what are you talking about? The what what the plot point is supposed to imply is that. Bruce Wayne thinks of thinks of Superman as this sort of kind of inhuman um, imposture from another world. He doesn't think about the fact that Superman has a mom and a dad. But that plot point should have been addressed in a different way. Like, even the scene just could have been rewritten the idea of like I have to save my mom. Really, what should have happened was they should have had Lois run in before, and she could have helped this a whole bunch. It didn't need to be just between the two of them. Yeah, Having her come even, in earlier would have helped a lot, and she could have conveyed some of that stuff instead. My my problem with this for with that sort of fight right there is if if Batman is. If if Batman is fighting against Superman from okay, and I'm only basing this off of the movie because um I will say this that I am not a as deep a comic book reader as Brandon is, but from the movie, the movie told me when I started watching it that Superman is someone who saves people but causes a lot of destruction, um, destruction around him, right? In in the process of saving people. And then it also told me in the same breath that Batman is somebody who punishes people. Severely. Even so much to the point where he kills them, right? In in the name of justice, in the, in the name of his justice, you know? Right. And then the movie tells me, well, Batman is hearing about, Batman knows about the fact that Superman exists, right? And his conflict with Superman is that somebody with all of that power, they need to be controlled and they can't be allowed to go about doing whatever Which they want Which is not to. a terrible story point to build, to build. That's not terrible. But the thing about but, it is though, like I just said, the movie just told me before that Batman is out here punishing people and killing them right. in the name of his justice. So how are you going to turn around and be like, well, that guy over there, he's all powerful and he might be saving people, but he's causing destruction and you want to stop him? Well, that, that's, all, that's, all, that's, that's Superman's point though, as well. Dude, he, that's, the thing about it is though, no, I'm saying that that should have been Superman's point 
He did. It was his point. So Suran is over here like, uh, well, this guy. So again, no, the movie told me. What about you? Yeah. So the the movie tells me from Suran's perspective, there's this guy in this other city. He's killing people, right? He's not. He's not um, rehabbing them. He's just straight off eliminating people who are doing crime, right? Right. Superman doesn't do that. Superman, uh, according to this movie, again, according to the movie, Superman is not trying to kill people. He's not trying to punish. He's trying to get people out of harm's way. And then he's also trying to subdue evil, right? I... I would be on Superman's side personally yeah. in this, from this also, movie. Also, the whole brooding, reluctant God thing does not work for Superman as a deconstruction. Like I'm looking yeah. at the scene in BVS right yeah. now where like all the people, like all the people in um at the Dia de los Muertos uh reach out to touch him. He looks like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Why are they why are they almost worshiping me? I don't like it all. Superman would have would have smiled and said, No, I'm not a god. He would he would have known Spanish, said, I'm not a god, I'm just here to help. I'm a friend. I'll see you later. That's Superman for you. God damn it. Right. That's every it's, version of Superman except for this one. Superman wouldn't have he, like it's it's a okay, so it's a it's not granted. It is visually arresting the idea that Superman is being looked up as a god and people are clinging to him, they're reaching out with their hands. It is a visually arresting scene. But like Brandon says, it it's not something that's on par on brand with the character. The right. character he doesn't indulge. Yeah, because in, it's because it, it, the reluctance to respond makes it look like an indulgence. It also it's, makes yeah. it look like he's conflicted about being who he is. But also the idea that Superman doesn't stick around to take interviews or to interact like that. Right. He, he does the saving and he makes sure everyone's okay and then he zips away. And that's that's what makes him cool. It's like you you is you see him flying away to solve some other problem, right? That's that's Superman. Superman doesn't stay around, hang around so that way you guys can all reach up and touch him like Jesus. That's like that's not that's not the Superman that we've um we've seen in other media, right? right? And Superman, um, the idea that Batman would be so hypocritical as to go after someone to do what? What was he going to do after? Like, let's say, okay, so you 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 caught him. Then what? He was going to kill him. That doesn't. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. Like you you don't even have a talk with him. You don't even try to. Like it's just so weird. Like you just attack him out of the blue, like that. It, it just it's. It's weird. It's weird. Um, the idea that he would try to run over Superman at first—that's dumb. So when Superman just stood there and he basically his car crashed into Superman and it it, it basically hit a wall behind him, I was just like, "Yeah, that's what you get." Sure. But um, but yeah, I, I it's it's a it's a very strange idea for a movie. It seems like as if it's like two children having a petty fight. It's just that these one of these people is like a god, and the other one is a high tech genius of killing um, killing machines at his disposal. And so, whatever whatever the result of this fight, no one wins because everybody else needs to go run for cover right. because you guys are out here, you know, about to level a city until you guys moved it to a barge or some island, often some abandoned island, random abandoned island. 
whatever. <sighs> Where everything's abandoned. It's all abandoned. Trust us. Abandoned. They said it like 17 times. They put it on the screen and flashed it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, just stop it. Abandoned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping that now that Aquaman is is there, uh, let's pick up on Aquaman. Let's pick up on this momentum. You know, um, are they going to get rid of Henry Cavill? Nobody knows and nobody is saying anything. Henry still wants to do it. But I feel like like the people at Warner Brothers don't want to make another Superman movie with him because they feel like they people associate him with the Zack Snyder films and with you know dark, dreary, no color, everything. Though I would say to be honest, they deserve to give him another chance to be in these movies without his lip looking weird, without him being not in color. <laughs> yeah, and without him funny. being a brooding god. Um, I wasn't upset about um, the portrayal of Batman, except for the killing thing. I I was not a fan of the whole killing thing because I had I was so used to again not a comic book reader, but I have been so used to in the media that I've seen of Batman like subduing, like tying people up, or like basically imprisoning them and that sort of thing, and then and then escaping. Like basically, Batman leaves presence for the police. Right. Right. I'm so used to that, that when he just started like basically machine gunning people, that was really Well, the thing is, Batman hates guns because guns are what killed his parents, at least in the comic book. So people were very offended at the idea of a Batman who used guns. Yeah. So um, people who defended it said that, well, um, he went that far because they had his, they had his mom. Yeah, the whole, yeah the, whole, the whole idea was that he had lost his way. Yeah. No, I understand that this Batman, this version of Batman, according to the movie, did say that this is a Batman, like Brandon said, who has lost his way. He he isn't the same guy. Right. Which is why I'm confused over if this Batman has lost his way, why is he on his high horse trying to tell Superman what to do? You out here murking folks, but this guy, he's doing it unintentionally. He's trying to save people and you have a problem with that? Dude, you should be going to him for advice. You guys should be swapping um, notes and tips so that both of you guys can grow as superheroes. How about that? All right. Maybe Superman needs to learn from you how to mitigate damage. And maybe maybe you need to learn from Superman and how not to kill. Right. <laughs> was it decided when Zack Snyder was still director of, Super, of um, Justice League that they were going to shoot it in 185 and not in 2 and not in 2-4? I don't know because it's I'm I'm, cause I'm basically reviewing the other DCEU movies that we're done talking about Aquaman just to see like and the transition from to transition from Justice League to from BVS to Justice League is jarring to say the least. To describe it as anything less than jarring would be um, an understatement because it's like you know they tried to bring back color. They try and it is and now it's in one eighty five, which is more friendly and more you know associated with comedies. But and then we have more more naked and um um, what what's the island on Wonder Woman's from? What did it call it? Amazons with less, with less clothes on. 
Uh, but yeah, but then with the terrible CGI. Yeah. If they had just why. had time to finish to finish drawing the people. That's I thought it was so offensive to like all the women out here who enjoyed Wonder Woman. It's like, yeah, Wonder Woman, except with less clothes. Like, why did you do that, bro? The Amazons were perfectly fine as they are. There was no reason to do that. Means you had to employ a group of people to go ahead and redesign these these costumes when you already had costumes. Or maybe they just had had the costumes just took parts out of them. That's I, that's what I think happened. I think they just took part. But I'm just like, but why? What is the design purpose behind doing that? <laughs> like, so the they only look thing sexy. I, yeah, the only thing I can come up with is dick. Yeah, patriarchy. <laughs> like, like the only thing I can think of is does that. It's like no. And then they play a keep away with the box, the mother box for mother, and for dark side. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Wolf looks terrible, bro. Like, he just looks so, like, especially in a year, especially when they gave us, when Marvel gave us Thanos a half a year later. Let's, 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 Thanos looked like he was for real. You can't say shit about Thanos not looking like he was actually there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, man, they spent, you could tell, no, mind you though, it could be the design team. So let's just say, even if they did spend the same amount of money, clearly. No, like the design of Steppenwolf, the design is not the problem. It's the animation and the like, the render quality. So what do you think, what do you think could have helped? Not putting the movie out in fucking November. When they had just done their reshoots in July, like, and they did reshoots so that saying, were that extensive. You're saying that they need more time to. They work needed on way it. more time, yes. Okay. And I'm guessing that. So, also watching watching Justice League, I feel like Zack Snyder shot on film and Joss Whedon shot on digital, and nobody cared. I, I feel like so Snyder clearly shot this um this um. The Themyscira scene because there's there's um film grain everywhere, but when Wonder Woman saves them people in that bank, there's no film grain. But the CGI in this movie the sequence is so bad. The green screen is really bad. This is funny because like at work I was like stressing over some green screen that was less than ideal and trying to make it more ideal. But Warner Brothers Pictures put out a whole movie with some very dodgy looking green screen. Listen, I can look, I can see the green outline in some of these shots, Ali. It's that bad. Damn, really? Like, like you know how you have, because like it's it's two women on a horse, and right. the outline, like the in their hair, like you can see the green. No. Are you serious? I am dead serious. I did not notice that. Oh my god. How dare they? And then Superman's mouth. They really, oh my God, that mouth. Ali, he, he looks like, he looks like them old, car, he's like Clutch Cargo. Wow. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen Clutch Cargo? 
<laughs> I'm mad that you're seeing, you're seeing, you're just throwing out everything right now. So Clutch Cargo is an old cartoon from the 60s where it's not really a cartoon. It's a drawing of a guy and the lips are live action lips. So it's not really animated. <laughs> Weird. It was their way of saving money on animation. Instead of doing like actual lip sync, they just had lips. I think one of these Superman scenes is the, yeah, is this one right here, where you can see that his hands are not attached to it. Like you can see that he used a digi double when the scene where he uses his ice breath in the final battle. Yikes. Like they, you can tell they use the digi double because his hands are in the wrong place. Oh. Ugh, I feel bad, so bad for them because. So do they? So when that happens, do, are you saying do they? Do they go ahead and like? Um, do they go ahead and like? Um, does that mean that the 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 student? Okay, I'm trying to understand the way the industry works. All right, the people who had to um, the group that they had to employ to design and animate. Um, you well, know. Remember also that it's always more than one um, studio who does these things. They farm it out because if they only one studio did all the special effects for a live action superhero movie, the movie would never come out. So they farm mm-hmm. it out based upon level of difficulty and who specializes in what. Okay. So that they right. can... Why, so why, that- why is the Flash laying there like, like, the, like, like a lady in waiting? I don't know. But my question to you is this. So whenever things like that happen and things go south, right? Does that mean that the like a studio would then look at their roster of of um of other how animation houses that they farm their stuff out to and be like, okay, we're not going to hire these particular houses anymore? It's possible. If they deemed that the that there was the CGI department at that at um, VFX studio who did them in, then yes, that's what they'll do. Otherwise, it might be other issues, and maybe they can argue the case, or maybe try again on another project. Hmm. Oh my God! This flash suit. Oh, the one with the bungee cords? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I, I, I don't hate, if this had been I the 80s, I would have said, just, why he just gets some asbestos best, best draws or something? But <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, it's just, the it's, it's that, the ugly. The part that I have a problem with, the part that I have a problem with mainly is the crutch. I hate whenever there's a huge-ass cup um, in a in a costume, like it just is like it's pointing to itself. Right. I really like that. Um, other than that, if this is an alternative Flash costume, I wouldn't be upset by it. It's it looks like it was made by hand. It looks like somebody fashioned it. Doesn't look like as if like you went and you had an, an industrial thing made it. And I think that was what they were going for. They were going for the fact that the Flash suit. At first, looks like as if it was. You what know, they should have done is what they did with Spider Man. They was they should have had um, Bruce Wayne make him a suit. Yeah, I think that's what eventually was going to happen if they ever decide to make another movie. I think what they were going to do, I bet you, was 
Bruce decides, Bruce realizes, hey, your suit, you know, it sucks. Like, it's it's good for I cut myself when, when we tried to bump um, elbows the other day. I'm making you a new suit. Right, or whatever. Yeah. Right? And then he gives him a new suit at the end. And it's like, okay, right. there you go. And so now from now on, he has this suit, right? Also, but, the padding in Henry Cavill's costume. I mean, I talked shit about um, the Captain Marvel outfit, um, but... Oh, I didn't notice it because, again, everything looked like shit to me. So. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wear Suicide Squad. That that monster. I couldn't even watch it though a second time. They felt up the they felt up the Enchantress, Ali. I don't watch and, it, Brandon. And I, the thing is, I've learned that Jeff Johns was the executive in charge of trying to fix Suicide Squad in the edit bay. And Warner Brothers was so appreciative that it actually made money that that's why they hired him to be um, the president of DC Comics and also to be in charge of the movies for that year that he was in charge of the movies before they fired him. So I don't, I don't, maybe, I don't, I don't know if I can trust Jeff. I, well, I was sure he couldn't say "girl, shut it all down," but um, did he was was he did anybody else notice that they introduced every character three times in the movie? <laughs> every lead character. I don't know, man. Movie's a disaster. I feel bad for all of you who spent money and. I feel bad because you, because I remember you spent the money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, you paid for the tickets. And I was like, Drafe, this is not worth his money. Viola Davis. Cara Delevingne. Why does the Enchantress look rusty and dusty, though? Like, what is this origin that they wrote for her that she's like this um, Aztec god? Why is she an Aztec god? Like, why? What's the point? What was wrong with... Is it a whole thing of trying to avoid, like, the whole, like, magic thing? Which didn't work for them. I don't think Suicide Squad got a release in um, China. But, like, it's just strange because in the comics, the Enchantress, like, she comes from, like, more of, like, a European... Maybe the, uh, it's, it's not for diversity because Cara Delevingne is white as, as the driven snow. If they were going to bring diversity into it, like, the whole idea is that, you know, the Enchantress was an anti-hero. Like, she's, sometimes she's a villain, sometimes she's a, um, a, a superhero... Because she does her allegiances lie with herself and not with like, you know, one group or the other. But like in the comics, she dresses like a witch, like a witch witch, like, you know, with a pointed hat on her head. She sweeps with a broom and she sweeps the sky while the children are in bed. A witch. Really? Yeah. Oh. But in a, in a green, like a sexy witch. Yes, like Miss Hartwell. Yes, like Miss Hartwell. Not, not, not unclothed. 
you know, she's fully dressed with a, with a, with a, you know like um with um with, with with long pants and long sleeves, but just a little, a little bit, you know. The this, she's trimmed. The cuts are trimmed. You know, she's in fashion. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she snatched, Brendan. She snatched. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> like the like the original chapter was a sort of kind of a takeoff on like a Mary Marvel sort of kind of a thing where you know it's June Moon. She says the magic word enchantress because the enchantress and saves people. They they reimagine her as a super villain for a super girl in the seventies, and then in the eighties she became part of the Suicide Squad and the whole thing of you know she's like back and forth, she's good and she's bad depending upon you know the setting. Suicide Squad. My goodness gracious. Because David Ayer hates Warner Brothers now. As you may well know. Hates it. Yeah, he does. Like, you know, because you, his, you want to see how he's talking about how they changed his movie and everything, and that's and that's why he went to go work for um, um for Bright for Netflix instead. I forgot produced Bright. I don't think it was Warner Brothers. Oh. I had to go check, but I do know that he was very not happy about how this turned out, and this whole thing about how Seven Wolf was supposed to be in his movie. As opposed to the Enchantress being the villain, they made the Enchantress the villain instead. Oh, okay. I wonder yeah. what that would have turned out. I do too. How you can put the Suicide Squad up against fucking Steppenwolf? How was that going to happen? But, but yeah, but sure, Jan. But my problem, of course, is the whole idea of, you know, the world engine, world building, world this and that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Overbrook Entertainment produced, Netflix produced um, Bright themselves with Overbrook Entertainment, Will Smith's production company. So, yeah. And Brandon, I don't know if you've seen Bright before, but... Don't. I heard. Don't see Bright. And Suicide Squad is another picture that takes place in the fucking dark. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you know I actually like it's supposed it. to be brighter, but it still looks like it's in the fucking dark. And I, I, I'm sorry, I can't stand this this Harley Quinn who wears the booty shorts. I listen, I, I just, I'm, I, uh, well, again, Dick Brandon, Dick is the driving force behind um, her design. I mean, there's just nothing else behind it. It's just like you get a bunch of frat bros together and you ask them, what is it that you like, you know, on, on your college women? Right. And that's what they came up with. There's nothing about her that is, that is practical or, or just like, oh, okay, I get it. Or, or hey, this is a call. This is a call back to maybe um, something, um, something. Uh, deep and profound about her past that that fuels her her you know her her ambition to do such and such you know, you know in her plot no no it's just right. I just want to find this the hottest skimpiest thing to put on her also 
I've just noticed Suicide Squad runs a nice tight, just a sliver over two hours. Because remember the whole thing about Justice League being required to be only two hours long? Uh-huh. Suicide Squad is like, it's the movie is over after an hour 55 and the rest is just credits. I'm reading Barry Allen's um, little dossier that Amanda Waller gives to Bruce Wayne just to sort of kind of see. He has 2020 vision. Um, there's a lot of unknowns in here. He's Caucasian. What, is, what does Aquaman say? Is he Caucasian too? Oh, race is unknown. Brown eyes, brown hair, blue eyes. That's incorrect. Aquaman is his name. Curry, comma, Arthur. Born in 1979, but in the movie he said 85. Don't worry about the numbers, Brennan. Who's right? <laughs> like Don't Janet used to ask. Stop Who's- asking was I asking questions? Don't ask questions. So, June Moody Enchantress was born in 87, apparently. Somebody can't spell blonde. It says blong slash black, and they didn't change it. Let's see. Barry Allen... Oh, they don't know his name. They just put unknown. They don't know his name, apparently. Yeah, but they know Arthur Curry. Okay. This is like that post credit scene from Suicide Squad I'm trying to examine. But yeah. So apparently, um, apparently your boy, uh, Jason Momoa, uh, got to be uh, six years younger when they made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Why are these Suicide Squad credits against a, a, a shining night sky? This is this isn't oh fucking the Star Wars. Why are they against the night sky? The best thing about Suicide Squad is the closing credits. The closing credits are amazing. Oh, that's what we forgot to mention on the Spider-Man review. The closing credits are fucking ridiculous. With all the Spider-Man clones. Yep. Spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man. Steve Munchen, that crazy man who funds the um, Trump administration, he's like a producer on Suicide Squad. I remember being so angry when this movie came out. I was so upset. Ali, I was upset. How upset? So upset. Stephen Price did the music, which wasn't good. (laughs) 
try to see what the oh. what the cast order was on this. Since you had like the since you had like the Disney princesses on there, Will Smith, Jared Leto, Margot Robbie. I answered that in a, qu- in a second. Hold on, hold the thought. There. Joe Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis. She's that low on the on, on the on the list. Jai Courtney, Jay Hernandez. Uh, the boy who played the uh, Killer Croc, the main played the Killer Croc, not a boy. His race, race story. Cara Delevingne, Ike Barinholtz, uh, Scott Eastwood, Adam Beach. Who got his own credit for that? That three seconds he was in the movie Common. Common was in the movie for three for, for two minutes. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that you. If I got you, I'd like the Disney princesses showing up in Ralph, Ralph Breaks. Breaks the Internet. Um, they've already gifted the, their action scene out and put them into on Tumblr. Oh, nigga, that shit was ridiculous. So I've sent it to you in Messenger. So you Thank can you. Look Thank you. Where's Superman 1 when I need it? Let's pull that up. Or Wonder Woman. Where's Wonder Woman? But yeah, we're done. Uh, I should probably wrap up. Thanks everybody for listening to our spoiler review of Aquaman and us talking about everything the fuck else afterwards. Uh, <coughs> uh, thanks everybody. This has been Brandon and Ali. Um, so, you know, as always, you can find us on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast. SSNpodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, ACAST, Google Play, wherever else podcasts can be found. Uh, go see Aquaman. Go see it in IMAX 3D if you can. Ali's going to want to give you an eye check before you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. One other thing about Aquaman compared to these other um, DC movies, even Wonder Woman isn't as colorful as Aquaman is, except for the whole Themyscira. It has no choice. There's, it's the the Atlantis is too far down in the depths of the ocean, so you have to make your own. So you have to make it look. If you want to make it look color, um, vibrant and lived in and all that, you have to, you know, right. You have to add all that color on there. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I want to see if this sequence is really as terrible as we thought it was. Yes, it is. <laughs> it didn't even take long. I just pulled it up and I'm looking at the green screen that's behind her that they've put it, this little fire background in with. And I'm just like, why do y'all let this happen? Easily. Why do y'all let this happen? Why don't y'all just like take a little time do a little more color correction. Maybe with great power doesn't come great responsibility. Well, great power clearly doesn't come good compositing work. <laughs> Night, everybody. Wow.